And now, let's return to Let's Make a Deal with Monty Hall. Thank you. We are about to let our lovely couple, Kevin and Riaz, pick a door for their grand prize. Ooh, oh, door number one! Door number one! Door number one! Door number three! Um, uh, um, I'll go with door number three, Monty. You picked door number three. Why don't we have our announcer tell us what was behind the first two doors? Well, Monty, behind door number one, you would have gone to the casino from the Gambler Jack novels. Ooh, that sounded exciting. Oh, well. Door number two would have let you enter a fishing tournament against master anglers. Wow, fishing sounds fun, but man, I'll bet that tournament is rigged. But you picked door number three. Tell them what they won. A trip to paradise, a lovely spa resort. Nope, we're done here. Let's get out of here, Kevin. But, but Reese, we could use a vacation. Yeah, vacation to hell. I knew we should have went on a $10,000 pyramid instead. Your backlog, The Final Frontier. These are the voyages of the RPG Backtrack. It's continuing mission to explore games from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. To seek out forgotten games and neglected classics. To boldly discuss what you have not played before. RPG Backtrack, the longest-running podcast about your favorite RPGs of the past. Get ready for in-depth discussion of plots, characters, gameplay, and more from the staff of RPGamer.com. Here are the hosts of RPG Backtrack, Bill Willis and Mike Minky. And welcome to RPG Backtrack. This is episode number 222, Third Trails the Charm. I am Phil Willis. This is the ever-so-popular Mr. Mike Minky. I don't know about that, but I'll I'll take it. If you're saying that I'm ever everlastingly popular, I guess I'll take it. And the outstandingly charismatic Kelly Ryan. Hey, it only took you what two hundred episodes, and you finally got my name right. I'm proud. Give or take five. Yeah. You haven't been on that many, Kelly. <laughs> I I know. It, <laughs> I, I forgot which one I joined. I just <laughs> picked a number and ran just with round it. it up. <laughs> yeah, it it feels like it. <laughs> You know what? I, I've listened for a long time, so I've been with you in spirit. I can't remember. Did you ever get to be on an episode with Mac? No. Okay. Yeah. 
that we just, have a that just goes to show how old we are now that we remember podcasting oh, with Mac. Yes. Oh, don't remind me how old I am. Uh, we we have a we have a we have a massive game to talk about tonight, and that massive game is part of a massive series, which in turn is part of a massive Sega. And to help us do that, we have a massive list of people to help us out. We have, I believe, it's Mr. Matt Matt Lazum. Chasem? Chasem? Yep. Chasem. Matt Chasem. Yeah, Matt, K- like Matt Chasem, and he's here with the Top 40 Radio Countdown. We're going to count down the 40 best doors in Trails of the Sky, <laughs> the third. We have uh, we have Mr. Uh, Kashua Jarpender. Yep, still here. Nice. And I see we have Miss, is that Miss Shannon on the call? Indeed it is. And look out, I got a big <laughs> stick. There we go, right? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, we got a lot of people to, to talk about the, uh, the third, uh, third Trails in the Sky game. Uh, but before we jump into our main event, we have a little bit of announcement to make, don't we, Miss Kelly and Mr. Mankey? Yeah. Yes, we do. And yes, Mr. Matt. and Mr. Yes, Matt. Everybody, do. everybody. So, like, if you're a longtime listener, you know, uh, Mr. Mike and I, Mr. Mike Meeky and I, we've been doing this now for over a decade. I went and looked it up. It's literally been over a decade. That's insane. Uh, yeah, we we took over. What was it, Mike? Episode ten or eleven? I think it was eleven. It was eleven. Eleven. Uh, there was so, an eleventh episode that Mac and. Jonathan Stringer, no, Jonathan Self recorded way back when, but I guess it got lost. I remember because they called me in to be on that and then the recording got lost. Mm. So, yeah, we go, we go, we've been doing this now for a long time. We go way back, uh, we've been producing these uh, and we've covered a, a, a crap ton of games over those times. And along the way, uh, Matt and and Kelly have uh, jumped on board here uh, a number of years back as well and have been, uh, while we call them our guest, uh, they've been a very integral part you know, of the podcast for, I don't know, how long have you been on now, Kelly, do you think? 2016. 2016, so that gives us about four, maybe up to five years, actually, since we're at the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so and we had a conversation, you know, 2020, been a kind of a questionable year, but it's a good time to kind of reevaluate, maybe shake some things up and do some different things. So uh, in talking that out, the, the executive decision came down from high up above that uh, that it was time for me to utilize my talent somewhere else and head on over to our Twitch channel. Because if you didn't know, RV Gamer does in fact have a Twitch channel. Turns out we also have a YouTube channel uh, where I have been invited and asked to go and produce content over there for the lovers of computer uh, role-playing games. We have a new show that's featuring there every week called the RP Gamer Experience. It's a one-hour show that's very similar to what we do here on Backtrack, but you're going to have the additional benefit of seeing me actually play through the game and show you the mechanics and the characters while we're talking. Well, I'm talking about the story and and everything else. And you're going to be able to see it all in real time. Or if it was like the other night where I was playing uh, Rebel Galaxy, you get to see me die over and over. Uh, hey, I know about that. I played 10 minutes of Rebel Galaxy and died a lot during that, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a little embarrassing. Like, let me show you guys this awesome game. Oh, crap. You know, <laughs> just did you die at all by crashing into a planet? Uh, you know, I did. Uh, I did almost blow up by uh, running into some debris. Uh, my shields were down. I taken some haul damage before I managed to hit the reverse button. 
so that was kind of also very embarrassing. I thought it was a space station, but it turned out it was just a because you know space station you just docks auto auto die. Anyways, uh, we digress. But yes, on top of that, I'll be uh, streaming at least three times every week with let's plays of the games that I'll eventually be talking about the show. So if you want more details, you want more of the nuts and bolts, or you just want to see me swear at the monitor if I die over and over, uh, you're going to be welcome to join us. And we're messing with the times right now. I'm doing this mostly on Saturday, Mondays, and Wednesday nights. Uh, but you'll be able, it usually starts around nine o'clock Eastern Standard Time, six o'clock Pacific. But for more details, because this is all stuff that's in mud, you want to keep up to date at rpgamer.com or join us at our uh, Discord community. Kelly, where can our where can our listeners find out how to get into our Discord community? It is at rpgamer.com. We have a media tab somewhere on the site. I'm blanking on it right now because I'm actually looking at our show notes. Um, we have the media tab for all of our social medias, the Twitters, the YouTubes, and right on the right side, I'm looking at it now, is the Discord button. You just click there, and it'll generate an invite link, and you go, and there you are. You're hanging out with all of us. Yeah. If, and, and if you'd like to just chat. type it in. Oh, sorry, Phil. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, if you'd like to type in, it's just rpgamer.com slash Discord. There you go. Oh, that's perfect. There that you go. That was a much simpler explanation than mine. <laughs> I'm glad you actually I said I'd summarize that there. I, I love you said because I don't know for I don't know. It's been at least a year now. I've been saying the same thing. Kelly's been saying of like go to rpgamer.com, click at the tab, community tab at the top, go down to Disney. I mean, <laughs> you should be going to rpgamer.com anyway. We yeah, have right. cool articles. It's your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net, as well as home to a number of podcasts, including the very excellent RPG Backtrack. The uh, the suboptimal Q&A quest, the kind of OK, but not as awesome uh, RPG cast. Oh, and... I take offense to that. <laughs> We're awesome. I, I got to get my last shots in before I leave. Um... Frenemies, <laughs> friendly rivalry. Yeah. It's fine. And I say that and I and then I asked Anna if I could be on RPG cast so I could uh, promote uh, the new show. Uh, so <laughs> now she's going to be like, no, I heard what you said on Backtrack. Technically, I'm not yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. So I hope I hope you'll come and check out uh, check out what I'm doing there on uh, Twitch. I know ScarPG is also going to step up his streaming game. Her Frog does some streaming. Uh, Michael Apps also does some streaming. And over the next year or two, we're going to continue to uh, as well as build up this show, but also look to see if we can't get some more staff members to more do some more streaming, so that you constantly have some streaming stuff to watch over, uh, you know, over on our channel. And uh, and then that will get converted. Some of that will get converted and edited and converted into YouTube content. So you can go and check out, you know, that we've already started doing some uh, some video reviews. I hope that we uh, that keeps going because that's really awesome. Uh, but, yeah, there is a lot of exciting stuff uh, going on over at RPGamer.com. So come and check it out. But we're doing some new things in the meantime. Yes, Kelly is, uh, as you can tell, she's going to be stepping up uh, along with Matt and Mr. Minky is obviously still here. Uh, to help take over everything from hosting to producing and editing and some of the stuff that I used to do. And you're definitely not going to be going away permanently. I mean, I'm sure there are shows on the list that you're definitely going to want to be around for. I can see Wizardry 8, so sorry. <laughs> you don't want to be around for a, a gem like Sonic Chronicles? Ooh, yeah, or, no, I missed that one. Witch in the Hundred Night? Ooh, yeah, it just, it just breaks me up inside. I think I'll just uh, watch the carnage. Wait after. a minute, Phil. 
didn't you play Dragon Quest Builders? I, I did, I did. But that, that did. one looked pretty full already. Oh yeah, I actually beat it. It's like one of the three games I beat over the last decade. Well, we'll have to put something on there to lure you back somehow. Um, right. may, maybe Skyrim? You like your Western RPGs. You know, I really haven't actually gotten too far into Skyrim. <laughs> I, I bought it on sale for my Switch to go, ooh, look, I can play this in handheld, and, and then I stopped playing it. Uh, once I saw that for a fact, it does work. Uh, no, uh, but I will tell you, if you want to go <laughs> Uh, I'm sure there'll be something. Yes, I will be back um, at some point as a guest, just like I'm almost like I'm, I was on Q&A Quest uh, last week. I've been on RPG Cast like a month or two ago. So I pop up in podcasts as a guest, like most of the staff members do. Uh, and uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, uh, speaking of computer or whatever, the games uh, this first season, we're going to be talking about Dragon Age games. We're calling it the Age of, of Dragons is the name of our first season. Our seasons will run six months. And uh, we'll be going through Dragon Age Origins, Awakening, Dragon Age 2, and Inquisition. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we Just... haven't done a backtrack on Inquisition yet. Yeah, yeah. Have to put it on the list. Have to put it on the list. Uh, but for the for the next week or so, if you're coming to watch my Let's Plays, I'm doing a lot of Operencia, The Stolen Sun. Have you, any of y'all played that one? I have, Actually, uh, no. No, no. no. Things, but I haven't gotten around to it. Check it out. It is, it is, uh, I'm excited. That'll be actually right now sitting on our dock as the first show, the seasoning opening show. Very excited because it's a dungeon crawler, but normally wouldn't appeal to me because it's full of puzzles. And Kelly and I were just talking about how much I hate puzzles. Uh, it's full of but puzzles. Phil, you loved the opening of Dragon Quest Seven. Oh gosh, what a pain in the proverbial arse! And, and there's parts of this game that are kind of like that. I don't think they're quite that obtuse, but um, there are definitely some. This is puzzle heavy, but you know, it's winning me over with its striking visual style, its high contrast colors. It's actually got a, an engaging story that you want to find out what's going on with well-written prose, uh, great dialogue between the characters that that just puts a, a smile on my face. So it's like listening to players in D and D take take knocks at each other without you know while they're in character though, right? It's mm-hmm. it's that kind of party banter. It's really cool. So yeah, come and check us out over there on on Twitch. And hey guys, you know, while I'm over there, I will totally be pimping the RPG. Can I say that? Is that okay to say? Of course, I'm leaving. I don't care what I say. I'm going to be You've totally pimping. Before. <laughs> I've said it before. Good. I, I keep asking myself if that's okay to say in public, but RPG backtrack. Uh, I will totally make sure that people come back and listen to all 200 episodes or so that we have in our archives. We're all rounding tonight. Yes, indeed. Well, enough about me. The RPG Backtrack is about the game. So we're going to take a break, let you listen to some great music from uh, Trails, uh, Trails Third here, and we'll be right back. Welcome to the main event where we're talking about the third game in the Kiseki series, also known as the Trails in the Skies series. Um, also known game... as an acronym that was very oh. amusingly regarded by many on RP Gamer staff once upon a time and probably still. I, I mean, I raised my hand for that. <laughs> we, I mean, we have the explicit tag. We, we can call the game Tits. Tits the third. Tits, tits the third. <laughs> totally tits. It, but, it's not uh, offensive if you uh, capitalize the correct words. Yes. Yeah, you know, the correct letters, you know. Yes. Yes. Yeah, capital T, lowercase I, lowercase T, capital S. Yeah, exactly. T, it, S. Yeah. 
But anyway, tra- Trails in the Sky the Third came out in Japan on PC on June 28, 2007, and didn't hit the U.S. until 10 years later on May, May 3rd, 2017. Um, I think it, it was a lot of people's worry that this was never even going to come out in the States because it, I mean, between F- S- SC taking so long to record or not record localize yeah yeah like it, it there was four year four four and a half year gap between when fc and sc came out with uh xc that's about mm-hmm. right yeah we were worried about sc even yeah yeah exactly that one got stuck in localization hell for quite some time and then you know like uh trails third it had just been so long i mean actually cold steel one had already come out Cold and then this and just kind of dropped. This just kind of dropped. Like they just announced it like a week before they dropped it on PC. It just came out, and you're just like, "Holy cow!" Okay, Trails Third, awesome. Let's do this. Trails Second was kind of like that too. I remember it just kind of dropped in the fall of 2015, and everybody went, "Wait, it's out!" Yeah, yeah. It, it was a surprise, and I mean. I wasn't that broken up about it because I honestly had written it off as just kind of a side game, and then Josh kind of schooled me on that. <laughs> so, like the, the the thing about this game was like the 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 stories I've always read about this with Falcom was that they actually, after finishing uh, second chapter, they started the pre-production on uh, the Crossbell series, and they as they started writing the uh, writing the story and started designing the game, they realized that they hadn't fully set up all the plot threads that they wanted to kind of hit. And and a lot of the characters didn't quite have the development that they wanted, and some of the plot points weren't properly set up. So they actually quit production and then went back and created Trails Third to kind of fill in those plot points. So this game kind of came out of that, and and that's part of the reason why this game is so much of a. Uh, it's one of the things about this game is that it is kind of, a, at least from a functional standpoint, a rehash of parts from Trails in the Sky. The the dungeons that you're in are reusing assets from the first two games. And that's, pretty much. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the only new, the only new stuff is pretty generic. Oh, look, you're in a hellish place now. Ooh. Yeah, and they probably even use some assets from. Um, the the like interspace area that you go into in SC. It, it was their way, but I mean, most of it was just to create this vehicle so that they could tell all of the different side stories that they wanted to to kind of tell to set up both Crossbell and Erebonia, and we assume eventually a Calvardian arc. And but surprisingly, des- despite sounding like something that's like, oh boy, this doesn't sound that great. Like it's a bunch of it's kind of this weird thing that they're doing to cut costs and they're just putting out another game and it's a bunch of plot kind of tied together. It actually comes together really well and kind of works. Yeah, I mean, on paper, it just sounds so, I don't know, silly and that's why I had written it off. And then after I played it, it's like, no, this this game is amazing. I, I'm glad that we got it. It's kind of like there's this one main story that's fairly new and still kind of cover, like, recover some stuff, but still adds. And then there's this whole slew of just gobs and gobs of lore that add to not only the Sky series, but the entirety of the Trail series. So tell, tell us the story about this game, Josh. No, like, not the story of the development, but, like, what's going on in this game? So this game, you know, we spent the first two games following... Uh, Joshua and Estelle around and in this game instead like the main character is uh, 
It's Father Kevin, Kevin. Yes, Father Kevin, who is also in second chapter. Yep, Kevin Graham. Um, he's a knight in the Septian Church, as we saw at the end of the last game. You know, he spent the last game tra- tracking down Weissman and uh, assassinated. That's pretty much one of the last things that happened in the game was him assassinating Weissman and turning yes. him into a pillar of salt. And he's not he's not just a knight, too. He's one of the highest members of the Septian Church. He is a yes. dominion, the yes. fifth dominion, to be exact. Yeah, threw me for a loop at the end of second chapter because mm-hmm. he, he's so dorky and seems so innocent. <laughs> and then it's just like he he's just like, you're a heretic. I'm going to shoot you with a salt with a salt dart now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> and we, which at that time for just seemed kind of weird. And bad. now you get you, you come and you play Trails third and then you get the backstory of the the whole thing of why they, you know, like why that was poetic justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but why why the the weapon that he used was so important and how did he come by it and all that kind of stuff <laughs> so uh, like like i said you you start out the game kev kev we're, we're basically following kevin long he's like kind of like a spy movie opening thing there's a masquerade ball in an airship and kevin is like sneaking in to steal back uh, an artifact and i think we've mentioned this before like artifacts are like the the lore in the trails universe is that there is kind of like this like civilization was insanely advanced thousands of years ago that was the ending of trails in the sky second chapter you had this literally floating city that had been around thousands of years before so there are these artifacts that are around that are like highly advanced technology basically and thus the the you know like as you would imagine, really advanced technology could be really dangerous in the wrong hands. And so the church kind of takes uh, control over these uh, artifacts all over the continent whenever they they find out about ones that are, you know, uh, available and also still working and still in working order. So so that's the beginning of the game is that you see him doing this. We we understand like, OK, this is kind of one of the major things that now that Kevin does. And then he goes he gets his next assignment. He's going back to liberal to uh, to investigate this new artifact that's been found. It was on the found at the bottom of the Valeria Lake after you know the the giant continent, the Liber Ark, had crashed into the lake at the end of second chapter. They found this new artifact. They don't know exactly what it is. Kevin sent to kind of investigate it. So Kevin shows up and they investigate it. And it's, it's a cube. A, yeah, it's a cube. As I recall, it was pretty uh, like nondescript, right? It didn't even it was, actually interact. Yeah, it was like in a in a at first. rock. Yeah, at first it was just in this rock, and then when Kevin came up to it, it kind of the rock came apart, like it bloomed, and in there was the cube. <laughs> And what makes it to have a lot of strange abilities. Yeah, what makes it more interesting as well is that it uses new characters into it too. We see uh, um, one of the members of the liberal liberalian royal army uh, who we've followed throughout the uh, the series, as well as uh, a new scientist person that eventually uh, has a little more in third and is casually mentioned in others. We meet finally meet. Tita's mother. Oh, she's she's a hoot. She's a firecracker. 
And she, she does, does not doesn't like, like Agate very much. No, she does not she like him very much, she, does he? She. Well, we can talk about that if we, uh, <laughs> when we mention some of the other mechanics of the game. Well, we also get eventually Colonel Richard, who led the coup in the in the first chapter, and then was trying to atone for that in the second chapter. Yeah, we meet him much and, and we briefly played Analyst with at the prologue of second chapter when Estelle was going through her training. Analyst is back, and she still loves food and soft and cuddly things. And oh yes, we have a new person, brand new. That would be Rias Argent or Rias. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, Rias Argent. Yeah, she is a uh, she's the squire who's been assigned to Kevin. Every Dominion has a number of squires, which are basically uh, like underlings in the Septian Church who are in training to become knights um, and they assist the dominion and whatever they, you know, they kind of need. In this case, it's also because Kevin's a bit of a loosey goosey and she's there to kind of whip him into shape. And of course, Reese Reese is, the, is, the is, nun is with the gigantic sword, a Templar <laughs> sword. Yeah. And of course, Reese is, we find out is uh, one of Kevin's childhood friends, of course, not, mm-hmm. not just childhood friend, but nearly a sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they haven't seen each other in a few years. Was it five? Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe it's five. Yeah, yeah. And Reese is uh, not particularly thrilled about that. <laughs> she is very, very uh, staunch in her duties and seems to have a bit of a chip on her shoulder when it comes to Kevin. Yeah. Which will be unveiled as with each new chapter, you get a quick flashback to earlier in their lives, seeing where Kevin came from. Well, he came from a pretty wretched place, it looks like. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot of that the, in this game. Just like the rest of the Trails games, it seems to like to drip the uh, drip feed the lore of the main character in with the rest of the stuff. And we get to meet their Rias's older sister, Rufina. Who yeah, was, Rufina. Yeah. I don't know. Was, I, yeah. I've heard it. I want to pronounce it the same as Lufina, but I'm probably getting that wrong too. Um, but yeah, she was. I, be, I she was a knight in the Septian Church um, when she had found Kevin. Um, Kevin was orphaned at the time, and we, uh... I believe it was first... a cold day, and he was just sitting out there in the snow, and ref- she tried to get him to eat something, and he just refused for a while. Yep. And she found a way to give it to him. Um, <laughs> an, in a an unconventional way. way. <laughs> yeah. It involves mouth-to-mouth. Mouth. Yes. <laughs> Involved mouth to mouth, and but uh, <laughs> from then, uh, Rufina, uh, Riaz, and Kevin were all basically one small adopted family. So we kind of got away from like where the story was going. So like yes. when, when once they go once they go and they investigate the recluse cube, reclu- recluse cube. That's hard um, to say. Yes, it is. Um, one 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 of my favorite punching bags from the series, Gilbert Stein, shows up. He's kind of been tailing them. For Ouroboros, he's this henchman who was in the first uh, couple of games and is just like one of my favorite human trash cans. Um, he shows up, he tries to attack him, and of course you beat the crap out of him because that's what you always do to Gilbert when he shows up in the Trails games. You Large. beat the crap out of him. And it never gets old, ever. <laughs> no, it does ever. not. <laughs> but, you have to have somebody like him in, or- in Ouroboros because everyone else is so effective in that thing. <laughs> they need somebody bad to even out the curve. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Everybody loves beating up on Gilbert, even the people in Ouroboros. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But after that fight, like the recluse cube activates and Kevin and Reese are enveloped in a white light and they black out and then they wake up in kind of this mysterious area called the Hermit's Garden where there's like 
kind of like a library, but also a fountain. It's kind of like uh, detached and ethereal. Kind of one of those things that Falcom has always done with their dungeons, where it's just kind of like floating, uh, floating in air. <laughs> Floating in space, more like. Floating in space, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. this one definitely has that feeling of yeah. outer spaceness. And it ends up... It, it has at... a nice theme tune, by the way. Oh, it's oh, got yeah. a beautiful it's beautiful. The, the new music that they add for Trails 3rd is so great, but that's another thing. I will get to that. Um, now that we're in the Hermit's Garden, we've got to take stock. What the hell just happened? Yeah. So when they're in the Hermit's Garden, they end up finding a monolith there, and the monolith starts to speak to them and bids them... Uh, come further into this this place um, and they decide to go forward and they find a crystal there in the dungeon and the voice tells them to bring it back to the hermit's garden which and, they do and producing the crystal in front of the monolith with the cube turns it into Tia <laughs> yep Tita Russell Tita, Tita Russell incarnate. shows up and is very confused why she is in this place because she is Recently remembering her mom and Agate getting together and not having a good time. <laughs> her, mo- her mom really, really likes to make the death face. Does not approve of Agate at all. Poor Agate. <laughs> he suffers so much in this game. So afterwards, um, they decide to head back into this dungeon. Uh, it turns out that the Hermit's Garden serves as a sort of hub uh, to a place called Phantasma. And they're bid to find more crystals which they hope might find uh more of their friends but they don't know that know yet and on the way they find a door uh with a giant crest of a sun on it and it seems to resonate with tita so this is one of the other major mechanics of the game called i mean they're doors that's basically what they are <laughs> yes they are <laughs> And they come in several types. Yes. Yeah, there's the sun ones, the moon ones, and the star ones, if I remember right. Yeah. Yes, and they each and do each, a different thing. And each one has a different requirement to be open. Some of them require that you bring specific characters. Some of them require that you have a certain item with you, which can be really annoying if you put it on somebody and you have to find it. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them are more or less free. I, the the tournament one, I don't recall having it. Oh, right, you needed to have Zen along. Yeah, you need to have Zen. Um, also, I mixed that up. It's a moon door that you find, I think. Oh, no, star door. Sorry, star door. Um, that's the thing. It's really easy to mix up. Star doors end up being ones that have major, major plot to them. Uh, they typically, you know, have at least an hour of content in them. Um, moon doors there aren't are many of, star doors, but yeah, they are. They are there lengthy. are 15 of them. They're actually actually they're the most star doors. Um, yeah, there are 15 star doors. There are eight moon doors, I think. Um, those are more like shorter side stories. And then there are the sun doors, which there are five of. And those are all mini games. We shall discuss those in turn. Oh, we're going to discuss <laughs> one of them. So when you go when you go into the moon doors, typically there is some kind of trial that a person has to undergo. So you actually have a solo fight with Tita uh, in there. And then once that happens... Then you are whisked away to a big old plot section where you learn more about Tia's parents and the work that they are doing with the Zeiss Central Factory. And you also eventually get to see what happens when Tita's mom meets Agat. <laughs> After hearing about him and coming to her own conclusions first. Conclusions that are very, very commonly held throughout the rest of the Trails series, much to Agat's chagrin. <laughs> Don't mess with Tita's mom. Never mess with Tita's mom. <laughs> she'll she'll show you just how cute Tita is. 
<laughs> and I mean, that kind of becomes like the loop in this game. It's like you, you go a little bit farther in the dungeon, you find one of these doors or you find one of the uh, one of the crystals and you unlock a new character and you just kind of keep doing that loop over and over and over again. And over the course of the game, you end up finding pretty much the entire cast from the Sky series. A lot of characters Including have never been played Including a get before. to play. Yeah. Yes, and a couple of you actually get to play. Um, SC, I think, had most of the ones that were kind of new. Um, so, like, you can play as Mueller, which you saw at SC, or Julia. Um, but new in this one, you actually get to play as Richard, um, who is, uh, you find out from one of the star doors, I think, that he has uh, been freed from his his. Uh, uh, um, pr imprisonment for an the attempted coup and is now running a um, informant agency in... Um... It seemed like an informant slash import-export place. Right. Yeah, the import-export is exactly what I got from that. And the biggest addition is actually enforcer number 15 herself of Ouroboros, Ren, Angel of Slaughter. I was like, oh no, she's back and she's still creepy. I love Ren. I, I <laughs> yeah, well, once Ren. you see uh, once you see her backstory, oh man. Yeah, that is something we'll definitely talk about because I feel <laughs> I feel like that is one of the doors that is not only important to the story, but it's, uh, and of this general trail series too. But it's also one of the most impactful uh, parts of the series, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ren's backstory was why Joss schooled me on this game because when her screenshots started showing up from uh, Trails, Trails of Cold Steel 4, and I'm like, wait a minute, why is she with Josh and Estelle? And our Josh is like, well, you need to play Trails the Third. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I did this stuff happen in Trails the Third. Like, oh, yeah, Kel, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> big, big things happen in Trails Third. I mean, it it kind of comes out as well from from second chapter because at the end of second chapter, there's definitely a lot of Estelle trying to trying to uh, help Ren uh, move past her her anger and her fury. Um, and why she's with Ouroboros and trying to be like, you don't need to be with Ouroboros. Uh, you know, there's so much better that you can do in life. And I be SC, I believe, ends with Ren flying away on Potter Mater. Yeah. And as soon as Estelle uh, sees her in this game, she's still trying to help. And one of the first things that Reen says is like, give, give me a reason why I shouldn't just spill your guts right here. Mm -hmm. yeah. But basically, the playable cast is one of the largest in the series uh, until Cold Steel 4. And <laughs> it's it, I, it's 12 characters, I believe. 16. 16. 16 yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Because at the end, you have four teams of four. That's right. Exactly. Yes. And, and they they do at a number of different points you get you know of course you get to decide who you want to carry along with you and they have written different text depending on the different characters that you bring along so i remember there's like this one section late in the game where you're going through um basically the 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 ouroboros uh flying ship a recreation of that and you uh like you run into gilbert down in the uh, prison section and mm -hmm. if you've brought ren along like she absolutely torments him 
if you bring if you bring Ren along, you get some quotes. Uh, you can actually have Josette in your party again, like you did at the oh, end of SC. Oh, that's right. We, didn't, we forgot Josette. Unfortunately, Temple. Josette is equally as useless as she is in, in second chapter. <laughs> Good comic it's, relief, though, with Estelle. Yes. Which is a shame because Josette just takes such takes such a level of in this in this game because mm-hmm. they're pretty much redeemed of their thievery and misdeeds and now they're couriers yeah mm-hmm. now they run the capua delivery service yeah, you get uh, a and also background showing that it was her older brother who uh made some bad choices and got them deep in debt don yeah don did some some nasty things uh well not really nasty things but he just he just liked to foolish things foolish things yes and even that feeds into later in the trail series like you learn about that from a star door which has a little shooting mini game like a little railgun shooter kind of thing um oh and and yes gilbert followed you in here so you occasionally run into him while you're going through phantasma yes and being gilbert Gilbert is completely incapable of surviving until you come along to help him every time even though he thinks he can do it himself and he's just like i was just scouting the area doesn't until near the end when he actually contributes something i was gonna say does something funny happen with him at the end when you're trying to escape yes yeah oh yeah um there are there are creatures who are chasing after you on the way to the final dungeon and he uh he tries to divert them, and, you know, be the hero for once. And he's like, yes, I've done it. It's all good. Wait, that thing is still chasing me. Help. Wait, there and then are there's two more. more of them now. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, I can take this one out. It's fine. I can at least distract it. And up. then, yep. Uh, but yeah, you find all the different characters. You get Joshua Estelle. Chloe shows up again. Olivier. Uh, we already mentioned Mueller and Julia. Zinn shows up again. Agate. Agate, of course. Um, oh, Sherazard. Yeah, Sherazard uh, shows up, of course. Um, let's see. And I think, yeah. And then Annalise, we had talked about earlier, who is the, the girl who is training with Estelle at the beginning of uh, SC and also who you have to rescue from the uh, Ouroboros headquarters, which you also have to go through again. Just part of it, though. Just part of it, thankfully. So got lost okay. in there for me, though. Yes. <laughs> um, but mostly the, uh, the 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 story is kind of I wouldn't call it ancillary, just because the 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 way you get to a lot of the plot is very much. Um, Kind of just your typical, um, like, kind of ethereal area, fighting enemies, that kind of stuff. Um, at the end of chapter three, I, no, chapter two, we also find our antagonist for the game, the Lord of Phantasma. The mysterious masked person that has brought everyone here to this realm to, you know, experience all of this. To have them suffer greatly. Which yeah. is, according to him or them, we don't know who they are, um, is the point of Phantasma. It's its purpose, is to cause suffering. Which it seems slightly suspicious that lots of the enemies happen to like basically come from the Septian Church's you know version of the Bible and <laughs> like demons from their version of hell and yeah they're actual demons because yeah. like that that's yeah, something that really that. confuses a lot of the cast even Estelle who's just like whoa what is that and it's a straight up demon from Gehenna. Oh wait, the Lord of Phantasma has an assist. Uh, I can't remember what that person is called right now. Schwartzritter. Yeah, Schwartzritter. There we go. Who looks extremely familiar, but you, no one can ever quite put their finger on why they look familiar until later on with Joshua. <laughs> go figure. 
which usually cues, which cues a very familiar battle theme. A very familiar battle theme, yes. Um, we also find out that um, Kevin has a special power that dominions of the Septian Church all exhibit called a stigma. Now, you may remember stigma from second chapter as the thing that Weissman used to control Joshua. Well, we find out that that wasn't an actual stigma. It was just Weissman doing research into what the Septian Dominions had and trying to use it for his own purposes. Well, Weissman was with the church before. Yes. <laughs> that's how he knew was. all this stuff. That's he how he knew all, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we find out that Josh, uh, sorry, not Joshua, Kevin has a stigma, uh, and which is what makes him to the fifth dominion. And this is where we find out how a stigma is actually created, which is through extreme negative emotion and trauma. And that's where we find out more of his backstory. Um, like many other characters in the Trail series, he does come from a very tragic backstory, like Joshua, like Ren. And he was nearly killed by his mother, uh, which is why you just find him on the street. Um, uh, when, sorry, when Rufina finds him on the street, it's shortly after his mother tried to kill him um, because she was thinking that instead of allowing him and her and to suffer because to starve they, to death. yeah, to mm -hmm. starve to death, basically. She would just murder suicide. Yeah. So, so when he came back out, you know, he got away from her after she was trying to kill him. And when he came back later, he found her, you know, dead, dead. from suicide, which will do something to you as a kid. <laughs> yeah. And just a tad, <laughs> just a little bit. So that is when his stigma began to manifest. Um, this is also once Rufina had noticed his potential, why he was recommended to become a knight of the church. At that point, we continue on, you know, through Phantasma, finding characters, checking out, checking out doors, maybe even having a little fishing tournament. Oh, gosh. Do we want to just go ahead and get it, get the uh, the mini games over with? <laughs> <laughs> We can All talk right, we, we keep tiptoeing around this. We already mentioned one, the shooting minigame on the Capua's ship. The Bobcat. Which, the Bobcat. And, you know, it was, by the standards of the minigames, it was okay. <laughs> and yet I still failed it at least two to three times. So did I. Yeah, same. The controls on a controller, which this game was not built for, was not very kind. It, it didn't help that the acceleration for the, the, the uh, crosshair moving was not great. Plus, there is a segment where Gilbert, like he's like the boss of that minigame uh, in his Apache G or G Apache, excuse me. Uh, he's like firing off missiles and stuff like that. And he can actually move out of your line of sight, which is uh, no good. <laughs> mm -hmm. As you're trying to shoot down all of his missiles before they keep hitting the ship and eventually overwhelming it. Yep. And you do get a game over if you lose there. So you just have to retry it. But, you know, oh. as silly as as fun and silly as that one is, the one that was... No, the no, let's, let's save that. Sure, let's, we'll save that one for last. How about how about card playing? Oh, yes. You uh, you actually fall into the uh, the plot of Gambler Jack, which is one of the novel series in Trails in the Sky. Um, and you end up in a city in Calvard where Jack is there. And you have to beat both his partner and him in games of poker. Oh, wait, don't you play blackjack with him? Actually, it is blackjack. It's a card game. I think you play blackjack with uh, his 
his partner and then poker with him. Maybe, yeah. I do remember poker because I remember trying to be like, aha, full house, and he beats me with like four of a kind or something. Oh, boy. I didn't get to the, I rage quit the fishing one for obvious reasons, but the, um, is the is the poker and the blackjack rigged? It's not rigged, no. Okay. You, no, you it's just can rigged. get it. I just didn't, and then I gave up, and for whatever reason, it never let me go back to that door again. <laughs> it kept saying I needed an item, and thought I had the item. It might have used it up, I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. Ah, yes, the, the martial arts tournament. Mm-hmm. There is a martial arts tournament, very much like uh, in uh, first, first chapter. chapter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's the same music, too. And you know what? That's more or less fine, because it's just it's just fighting. Yep, and there was a normal tournament and an advanced tournament. And then an expert tournament. All right, there was the expert one. Where you get to square off with multiple bosses at once, including some very nasty ones. Uh, okay, so there are five minigames. Mm-hmm. The, the fishing uh, one that we will discuss, but what is the, what am I... The, the other one is Campy oh, Squiz. Yes, the one that it would never let me into because I had to uh, have cleared other doors before. Yes. There are all the yeah, others. That's right. Um, but yeah, it's it's actually, it's uh, Campanella, enforcer number zero of uh, Ouroboros, quizzing you on your knowledge of the Trails series. <laughs> and there is a beginner, a intermediate, and an advanced, or, or a hard uh, course for that. And some of the questions get really obscure. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, this is one of the several times in this game where Campanella just kind of turns and starts talking to you, the player, and it's just really bizarre. <laughs> it's super fun, though, especially if you're a big Trails fan. You're just like, okay, let's see how much I actually remember from all this information that's been dumped on me. <laughs> so I, I never got to this door because I d- failed the other door we're going to talk about. Did how obscure do they go in the hard mode? Do they do really games that didn't even... They go, they talk about, like, specific events in some of the novels. They talk about, uh, like, specific NPCs in FC and SC. Um, wow, dates, that... like, very specific dates. So, yeah, it's they probably get... for the best that I didn't get in then, because I would have been constantly flunking out. <laughs> or, you know, just hitting up a fact. I was going to say, that's what the FAQs are for. Well, wait, don't... <laughs> Don't you have a time limit to answer the questions? You do. It's kind. It's oh. kind of like those old Japanese uh, quiz show uh, video games where there is like four multiple choices and you have a, a timer ticking down and you get. I think you get three. Uh, you can get three questions wrong before you flunk out. So it's kind of like those Campanella old. Will those probably old insult ones. you. Ah, he does a little. <laughs> <laughs> like wow, I can't believe you didn't know that one. Um. But yeah, there's the quiz one, and then there is the fishing game. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'd just like to note that there is supposedly a strategy for this on GameFAQs. I looked at it, I attempted to use it, and it produced no tangible result. <laughs> yeah, the, the strategy I read was to turn your sound way up, close your eyes, and just do it by sound. That strategy is a lie. I A complete lie. I did a lot of fishing in SC, so I was very used to the timing. What ended up being the issue, though, is that what fish you get is completely random. Yeah, that that's my memory. It's been like three years since I played it, so my memory is a little fuzzy. But I just remember that last, the, the, bottle, the battle against the last guy in that was, just seemed like total luck. 
yeah, even if you had the timing perfectly down. Lord Lake Lord. Yeah. Or Sir Lake Lord, excuse me, who's the head of the Lake Lord Company. I didn't get past the first challenger. <laughs> I think I caught two fish once, and he caught one every freaking time. <laughs> I I got real lucky a couple of times, most of the time, because he he had problems. <laughs> he had problems catching stuff. I also <laughs> might be mixing up a little bit with the uh, fishing tournament in Azure, but I do remember um, it being a bit of a bit. Like I didn't have any trouble catching fish. I had trouble catching the right fish. Yeah, you had it to catch like one to that me. was big enough, and I think yeah. that was the thing. Yeah, there was like there was a score attack one, there was a size one, uh, there was getting a specific one, and then I think for the final one, it was another score one. And in order to it's... get the mo- the highest scoring fish, you have to get another high scoring fish to use as bait to get that first last high scoring fish. Because the game gives you just enough. And it seems like to me, when I try to do this mini game, that the the fish lord would kind of mess up at the beginning of the tournament and give you hope, and then just wipe the floor with you at the end. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't think it helped that I was playing this on my laptop hooked to a TV via the HDMI cable with a controller. So I imagine that, you know, three degrees, the three degrees of separation there really affected the timing of the uh, button presses. And I think I spent an hour on this mini game trying to finish it. And then eventually just like, I guess I'm not 100 percenting this game then. Yeah, it took me a good, like, half hour, 45 minutes to get through that entire thing. Because you can continue to retry on the uh, the specific person, but if you leave, you have to do the whole thing over again. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was going to try and do every door, and then A, the fishing, B, the cards, stop me. I, I did most of the doors. I saw a lot of stuff that I'm glad I saw, but... Those two were not much fun. Yeah, I was like, Mike, there was a couple points where I was like, okay, I'm I'm done here. And I had set the game aside for like a month, a month and a half. And this was something Kelly and I was talking about recently. There is no way to know which doors you've been in. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't like put a little check mark or anything. So it I doesn't, had... but I seem to remember that if I started to go into the same one again, it would say, uh, do, do you want to go through this again? Yes. Some quick tips like that. And see, I probably was speeding through a little bit too much and didn't see that. So after the second time that I basically fast forwarded through a longer story, I was like, okay, I know I've done like about two thirds of the doors. I'm at the end game. Let me just push to the end. Yeah. It also helps that they make the the doors fast travel points. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you can just teleport directly to any door that you found. Not not only does that help with actual like the dungeon crawling, but it's kind of like if you find a door that has characters that you don't have yet, once you get them, you can just fast travel to that door and do that content. Unfortunately, on the fast travel screen, it does display the requirements, although they're often couched in uh, kind of riddlies about yeah. what you need to do to make the door open. Like for the fishing one, it's uh, um, a girl as bright as the sun with a with a uh, a taste for fishing. Yeah, yeah. So Estelle, I, I think you yeah, find Estelle. that before you find Estelle. You so do. you kind of mm-hmm. yes. There's quite a few you find before you do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's like uh, one of the one of the moon doors that says that you have to you know. You have to have conquered every other door to open this one. Like one of the ones that actually like straight up says what you need. Yep. And thus you must conquer 
the fishing one, and you must conquer the card games, and you must conquer... Yeah. You must go through and, every one of them. And sp- speeding through the text in this game is kind of frustrating because the um, Steam version does have a fast-forward button that you can map, but it, do- it doesn't speed up the text any, so you still have to hold the other button to help speed up the text. So you're basically holding two buttons down at the exact same time trying to get through some of this text that you've already been through. And I found that to be so irritating. I almost, I was never able to figure out whether it actually went faster if you held the fast forward as well. I just I just held the uh, the text skip. I, I honestly couldn't tell. I, I tried it because I, I wanted it to go faster and it wouldn't. I mean, that, that being said, it was nice the game had a fast forward button. Um, I ended up glitching myself into walls several times and having to restart. Yeah, the fast forward uh, does that in those games. You can definitely go out of bounds using Turbo. Yeah. Now, see, I played the Evolution version um, for the PS Vita. I I'd bought this on Steam, gosh, I think in like the 2018 summer sale. I can actually remember the year I bought it, the 2018 summer sale, because I was like, ooh, I just finished first chapter recently, and course i'm going to play second well of course i'll play third um and then this year i finally got around to playing second and i got my vita modded just to play the evolution versions because i knew i wanted to play third on a portable system and that was yeah it was nicely mapped to the y button i just kept holding or maybe the b either one everything sped through text battle speed everything was just one button press it was very nice yeah i I would have loved to have been able to play this on psp I looked around to try and find it, so I just I just kind of stuck with with uh, PC through the whole entire thing. As a matter of fact, my uh, my experience with Trails is extremely fresh because for JRPG July, I decided I'm going to go through all of Falcom's games. All of so, them in one all month. Of them. Yeah, well, I didn't I didn't do Xanadu. Um, did you do Dragon Slayer? Oh no, I wish I'd done Dragon Slayer. Um, but I did all of E's, and then as soon as I finished E's eight, I started Trails. So I went from, it was like the middle of July, started FC, and I went straight through every single game, including the Crossbell games, through to Cold Steel 3, and that took me to about two weeks before Cold Steel 4 came out. Oh my goodness. Congratulations, I gotta tell you that. Yeah, that's a marathon. (laughs) It was fantastic, like I I could not get enough. I could not get enough. Wait, 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 Shannon. Did you play the Legend of Heroes games on PSP? Yes, that's that's what I was gonna ask. <laughs> what did I play? Night? Are you saying if I played Nayuta or if I played FC no, FC on? No, PSP? no, no, no. She, she, he's talking about Gargev. That's oh, Gargev? Uh, no, sadly. Those those ones which have now become renowned for their wonderful localizations. <laughs> well, I mean, I also I have Tear of Vermilion, and I'll eventually get to that. But no, I just did Trails. I didn't I didn't touch the other Legend of Heroes yet. My one my experience with that first one was because I was having fun with it, and then got stuck, and because nobody had played it, because nobody had a PSP back then, it seemed, I couldn't figure out where to go, and it's like, okay, well, I guess I'm done with this game. Well, that's like my experience with, with Trails FC, was I got it near when it came out, because I knew someone who worked for Exceed. Mm-hmm. And they were all like, hey, this is pretty great. You should try this. I'm like, okay. And I got to, I think, chapter two and was just like, this this battle system, I can't get it. This whole, this whole quartz thing, I can't. What is this? And it took until this past year, I decided, okay, 
I need to play these because I did all of these. I'm going to do trails now. And I read how exactly the court system works. And once I did that, everything just clicked. And I just went all 100, I 100%ed every single one of those games. Oh, my. <laughs> because I just could not get enough. That's impressive. I did not, I did not get every achievement in Trails third partly because i suddenly learned oh if you run once then you can't get that particular achievement oh uh, no yeah and, and of course playing a nightmare and of course i was playing i only learned that after i had gone through the section where you have to get the x-ray dog the the night vision goggles in order to be able to fight otherwise nothing yeah. hits anything so you have to run because otherwise the fight will never end <laughs> ah, let's, let's talk about the gameplay um what's the gameplay well, wait, like in wait. this game I, we should, the conclusion of this game is actually pretty nasty stuff showing you where Kevin came from. Yes, yeah. Or do we yeah. want to go to gameplay and then go to the conclusion? I'm just trying to do a smooth segue, but um, sure. <laughs> either way works. Yeah, we, we, jumped, we jumped off the plot again. That's that's the hardest <laughs> thing about, about, about the third, in a way. You know, it's kind of one of the reasons why we digress to something else is because the actual main plot, there's not really that much to it, you know? You end up in Phantasma. You learn about Kevin's backstory. It's Kevin's you learn about story. That, that's what this is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you find out why uh, the Lord of Phantasma is trying to make everyone suffer. And it's because Riez, or no, not Riez, Kevin wants himself to suffer. He, he believes that he deserves death after what happened to Rufina, where his exactly. stigma... Uh, his stigma awakened as he was trying to save Reese. And he couldn't, you know, like it basically he went out of control and couldn't control it and killed ended up killing Rufina, Rufina as a killed the monster part, that was attacking them and then killed Rufina because he couldn't yeah. control himself. Yeah. So himself ever since. Yeah. And so basically that's why he always throws himself into these dangerous missions and you know, like, you know, it, like hunting people down and stuff. Um, and it's also why Phantasma has reflected itself, because we find out from another character that we meet who is actually Chloe's ancestor um, that... The, the voice in the monolith. Yeah, the voice yeah. in the monolith is actually Celeste D'Alice, or Alice. I can't always remember that one. Uh, who is Princess Claudia's ancestor. And you find out that Phantasma reflects the emotions and the mind of the person wielding the recluse cube, who in this case is Kevin. And that's why there's all these demons. That's why there's all this hellish, uh, um, dangerous stuff happening, because Kevin himself believes that he needs to be punished. This and is his deepest, darkest desire is to be, is to basically be in hell. <laughs> exactly. So there is a whole section where uh, the Lord of Phantasma steals Riez because Riez decides to protect Kevin and she falls into the crack into Gehenna and Kevin follows after her because he realizes at that point that this is, he needs to live. Mm-hmm. His character growth has, has come full circle and he's just like, no, I have something I need to protect. And so that, that also translates to his battle quotes. He's, he's been saying, oh, yeah, what's next? And that for all for all the second chapter and all of the third until now, when he starts saying, sorry, but you had to die. Mm -hmm. And what's really great is he also his his um, his S craft changes then too. Uh, his first one is called the Spear of Loa and Loa is um a a it's not cajun but it's a um a malevolent spirit of the creole that you know uh that is 
a, a punisher, basically, you know, to drag people to hell. And that's why he has the Spear of Loa. But his S-Craft changes to something much more holy afterwards. I can't remember the exact name. It's Spear of something else. Let's see if we have it in our notes. Hey, yeah. Cool, let's uh, see, while I'm thinking about it, uh, the stuff that doesn't involve Kevin, all of these side tangents with characters are really valuable, a lot of them. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. Uh, showing how how Joshua and Estelle first met when he first came to their house after being adopted by Cassius. Yeah, that was so you, interesting. There's that there's that section in FC where it goes straight from uh, um, Joshua about to tell Estelle's name to flash forward to all the way when they're about to start their junior bracer training, and this fills in that whole gap of how Joshua was during that time, right after he was rescued by Cassius. Um, there's another door where you it connects even more into the Trail series, where you see Oliver, Olivier and Mueller, and it ends up having Olivier mentioning a certain military academy in Erebonia that is not named, but we, if you play through the Trail series, you know exactly which one he's talking about. And he also goes and meets with good old, our good blood and iron friend, Chancellor Osborne. And they talk about all the stuff that's starting to brew in Erebonia. It's basically they're showing you the moment where Oliver kind of gets serious about stopping, uh, stopping uh, Gilead Osborne in his plans. Because he was already kind of sort of saying, hey, yeah, we need to, you know, we need to be kind of wary of him. But at that point, he's just like, oh, he's actually serious. He's going to he knows what he needs to do. Well, like, like I said, like I said earlier, like this is the weird part of the game is that the side stuff is in in a sense, the meat of the game. All these little side bits are like, you know, setting up all the stuff that comes later. Exactly. There's even another one. Uh, it's one of the very first ones you can do uh, with Chloe. And it, it talks about her time at uh, Genus Royal Academy, where mm -hmm. you meet a character who doesn't seem that important when you're doing it. But once you start getting into the later games, you're like, oh, my God, this is one of the most important characters. And you actually meet Lecter Arendale for the very first time in Trails Third. Yeah. <laughs> and you actually find out about his connection to Chloe and all, you know, his laissez-faire attitude and stuff like that, which is really kind of cool. How um, much everybody around the school hated him for his laissez-faire attitude. I mean, he was oh, the yeah. he was the best and worst class president that Genus ever had. And there's still all the little prop plot threads they started that I'm still waiting to get pay, paid off. Where Kilika leaves and goes off to you know she leaves the bracers and goes back to uh, Calvert to work with the intelligence service there. So I'm still waiting on that to kind of come yeah. back. And they they do they they do have that in Crossbell. Yeah, yeah, I know she shows up in Crossbell. <laughs> yeah, they have that in Crossbell, and um, you know they talk a little bit about that kind of stuff there. Um, we learned about like Shara's backstory and how much of a tragic backstory Shara had. Everyone's got a tragic backstory. Yeah. Except for, except well, her so. tragic backstory leads into her getting her bestest drinking buddy, good old Ina. <laughs> <laughs> and their very first attempt to drink each other under the table. What <laughs> one moon door that I'm remembering that I completely forgot about until I looked it up again was the one about uh, Matron Teresa's birthday and just going into a little side story about the children of the Mercia orphanage, yeah. which if if I remember correctly, wasn't that the orphanage that burned down in first chapter? Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Because it was it was the uh, um, the mayor of uh, Rand who was trying to yeah. 
And of course, that's where we find Gilbert, too. Cute little side chapter. Yep, and, you know, you have one of the little girls being with this little dragon, and oh my god, it's so cute! So good. A nice palate cleanser for some of the darker story chapters. Including one of the most infamous Sardor 15. Oh my god. There are a couple that are pretty almost completely backstory. It's just a whole bunch of still images with information about... Uh, one of them shows the development of Patter Matter. Yes, one of them shows yeah. the development of Patter Matter. Another one talks about the salt pile, which is what um, uh, Kevin uses a piece of to to, to assassinate Weissman. Um, and it's also it also is uh, a major big plot element of um, for later games because it talks a lot about Northambria. And once you get into Cold Steel, you hear a lot more about Northambria and the, the effect that the salt pile had on that country. Yeah, that that's why you end up with all the Jaegers who used to be up there, you know, like now they can't make a living anymore and basically they become mercenaries for hire and yep, so destabilize the rest of the continent. Well, it's because it's it's less that they destabilize, but it's more like we need to feed mouths. Yeah, yeah. So we're going mm-hmm. to actually do this. Um, let's see. What was Analysis? Uh, Turn what Analysis was, yeah. We have it on our notes. Do we? We might. We look. Uh, I don't, I don't think we have any of the doors the in there. Doggone <laughs> it. We just have the main plot. I remember. Yeah, I remember it. I do, I do know there was an Analysis one, and I just... Part there of me was one wants Colonel to say Richards. it's her, the start of her, her bracer training, but I can't remember if that was it. Uh, oh, ooh, oh, yeah, she it was. Get, she didn't get trained by Cassius, that's right. Yeah, it was it was when she was at the army base, and she had, uh, it was uh, her fighting Richard and then her fighting Cassius, I think. Um, you've got the oh, Phantom and... Thief B report that goes into um, that character's whole deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, there's yes, Captain there's... Julia's, which is neat because she ends up being compelled to take an afternoon off and running around town trying not to be caught out by all the fans seeking yep. her autograph yeah, fan club people <laughs> yeah um and then we have richards which we learn he's running uh it's called rna information rna something so he's, he's basically running an information agency out of Rouen. And, and you know what? We were talking import-export before. It was information like that. It was like a business consulting firm, kind of. Yes. And, you know, he had contacts all over mm-hmm. uh, Western Zamoria, whether it was in Erebonia, whether it was in Crossbell. And it actually, it actually comes up again in Crossbell because you hear about a certain NPC they talk about him in third, and he shows up in Crossbell. But if you don't remember his name, then you don't remember that. So when that happened in Azure, I'm just like, mind blown. Excuse you, what? Oh, gracious. That's the wonderful thing about these games. You've uh, got a rep- one of them that's basically reports about what happened to all the Brazer guilds in Erebonia. Yes. W- which is a major deal in trails of cold steel because you find out that well there are no more bracer kills in Erebonia. Yeah, and you find out how Cassius was the one who kind of tried to investigate what was happening there and that's why he's not allowed in Erebonia anymore. <laughs> and it's also it also explains why like Estelle isn't allowed in Erebonia for like Cold Steel 2 and 3. You hear about her, but it's just like, oh, I have a friend who can't, you know, who who can't be here. And then and then, there, and then there's Red. And then there's Stardor oh, 15. Rens. Oh, soul crushing. <laughs> the the best thing I can say for that door, it's it's I want to talk about, it, but at the same time, it's hard to talk about, not only because it is straight up hard to talk about, but also because it is an experience. 
Oh, we'll just say content warning right here for um, sexual abuse and just abuse in general. Nothing um, is depicted visually. Yeah, no, not, it's heavily, heavily implied. Um, I had to, I had to figure out what was going on by going to the Wikipedia and kind of re- reading in between <laughs> the lines, but it, well, it's she, still pretty. At first, pretty it dark. seems to be her interacting with some friends who all go out and do jobs that are not yeah. specified mm-hmm. for clients, and of course, they are children who go out and. They work very, very hard, and they try very hard not to be completely crushed by whatever it is they're doing with these clients. And then as it goes on, you eventually come to the knowledge that, uh, no, there aren't any other children. She was just creating people to interact with because she's been the one doing all of this by herself. And yeah, she has, she's having like a mental split, you know, like creating a uh, these alternate personalities to kind of deal with the horrible things that that, that she's doing. And then at the end, there's 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 no kids left, and it's just her with in 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 the room with the creepy guy. And at the very end, Lo comes along and finds her, and sees yeah, Lo and Joshua come in yeah. and just, like, slaughter everyone. Luba, at this yeah, place. Luva and Joshua. Um, one one of the things you find out, I forget if you find it in SC or in Third, is that. Ouroboros likes to go around and wipe out smaller organizations to kind of absorb them into them. Or, you know, like Ouroboros, as evil as they are, do have a morality system. They do have Uh a code. And to them, this was abhorrent enough that they just decide to wipe it out. Um, You surprisingly find out more about this whole entire thing in Crossfell, because Uh everything happens in Crossfell. (laughs) And, And so this is where you find out when Ren is taken into Ouroboros by Luva and Joshua. Um, interesting note, in the PSP and Evolution versions, she has a blanket over her. She does it in the PC version, and I didn't know that, and that was something. Huh. She does have a lot of uh, scars on her body. She has many, many scars from the terrible things that were done to her. Because that, that, that's one of the things that makes it all the more cutting is that it's a she she's a child who was swept up in all the different conflicts that's been going on in Western Zamoria and taken to this place and through no fault of her own, just taking advantage of. And the the way that it's presented just makes it so much it's 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 intense um i as mentioned before there is definitely a content warning to this um in evolution all the lines of the game are voiced and if you are if you feel you have the mental fortitude so i will say that because i would not watch this in if you are in a place where you uh um if you're not in a good place personally Mm -hmm. um to see Star Door 15 with the evolution voice acting because it adds like you, you you feel it just in the text, but the voice just adds another layer to it that just makes it even more heartbreaking. And it really, really makes you feel for Ren if you haven't already. Is the voices in the evolution version Japanese? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they are in Japanese. Uh, the video I watched did have a translation pat, so you could read the text, but it was all voiced in Japanese. Um, it also kind of helps you more quickly understand that the um, the persons um, in the in, in what's happening, because I believe everything is one of the same VA. I could be wrong, um, but I believe everything in that besides the men is voiced by the same voice actor. And you can also kind of see the mental split that 
Ren even has later on, where she has the calm, collected, kind of intelligent Ren, and then she has the child who is traumatized and just wants someone to love her. But once you're through that trauma, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, I mean, it, like it, it is it's something. But I mean, it like it really rounds that character out. It's, 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 it's difficult. It's, it's difficult to experience. But now, like the whole character that they created in the first two bits all kind of falls into place once you did that. And th- like there was one other thing, like at the end of the at the end of the scene, we didn't talk about like they, they so show this part where she actually sees her parents. Yes. And. Which... By the which, way, which at least at this, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that, that's one of the things. Like at this point, like as far as the as far as the player knows, like basically her parents just like left her at mm. this place, and she sees her parents, and Loe is just like, nah, they they ain't worth it. <laughs> well, no, L- Luva says like it's up to you. If yeah. you want to do something about it, I will leave that to you. You're an enforcer. I won't stop you. And Ren at that point says, nah, I have a new family. They're not my family. Shows her sleeping under Pottermotter. Yes, where Pottermotter is her her guardian, her her parents, as it is. Um, but the nice thing about this game is that if you're really bothered by that kind of stuff, you don't have to see this door. You do you not have, have to, do to that. see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also skip through it, too, if you actually do want to see uh, door number 14. <laughs> Which is funny, because 15 is the last one, but you have to do 15 or you do 14. Um, and yeah, 14... 15 is at the end of the, the seventh level of Phantasma, which getting through that takes a little while. It yeah. takes a little while, yeah. Um, but you do you do have to see all the other doors in order to unlock door 14, which sets up, again, more of the plot. Wh- and which, talks... is, uh, which is basically Falcom doing uh, Evangelion. <laughs> A little bit. You have to go Basically. back to understand it. But yeah, Star Door 14, the where they introduce uh, it, it's uh, Campanella going and doing the kind of kind of doing a meeting with all the different people with Ouroboros. And of course, it's the first introduction of the Grand Master. Yeah, you see the and... Grand Master and all the other anguists of, of Ouroboros. Um he basically is reporting for Weissman because Weissman's not around no more. <laughs> yep, Kevin killed Weissman, so he ain't there and no so more. So you get to actually um, kind of see in text the personalities of all of the different anguists of, of Ouroboros. And that's when you also hear the first mention of the Phantasmal Blaze plan. Mm-hmm. They say that the gospel plan has succeeded, which is what was going on in FC and SC, and that they are moving on to the next phase of the plan, which is the Phantasmal Blaze plan. Which just wrapped up in Cold Steel 4. <laughs> well, wrapped up in Cold Steel 3. Cold Steel Cold Steel 4 is, is the after effects. Of- well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's splitting hairs. But there's all those doors. They they add they add so much to the world and the plot of all the different characters and all the games that follow. And it's in a way that the main story itself is kind of ancillary. The, the main story itself is all about Kevin's arc, which is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I love Kevin. It's it's a good story. It's a fantastic story. And you learn, you know, it's it's a great redemption story in a way, too. Um, by the end, we have also found out that Schwarzritter, the mysterious masked man who seems very familiar, is actually a uh luva's soul captured by the recluse cube 
Is that the right? same way as yeah. <laughs> as multiple other characters you face in Phantasma seem to have be a part of the soul. You face you face Cassius in here. You do. You actually it is one of the hardest fights in all of Trails. You actually get to fight Cassius Bright. Well, it's appropriate, of course. It'd be the hardest fight. I mean, yes, and yes, you do have to win. I actually had and to then, lower the difficulty uh, for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then who is the Lord of Phantasma? Why, if it isn't Rufina herself. Or again, some kind of recreation of her. Of her. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some kind of demonic form. Filtered of- through Kevin's psyche, which is just wanting to punish himself. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Of course. I mean, who would punish him more than someone he caused the death of or he couldn't save or well at know. least that he feels that he caused yes him. yes yeah. because there is eventually there is a point where you see the real rufina soul um and it's after you fight with uh not luva and basically riez and kevin jointly together the two of them have reconciled and realized their feelings for each other and Kevin takes his crossbow with Riaz holding on and they shoot both Luva and Rufina. Oh no, they shoot Rufina. Shoot Rufina, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and her soul is able to move on. And it's interesting because right as the screen fades to white, you see Luva, Luva right there for a second. I have no idea if that's a bug or not, but that's what I saw. But once you, um, once all that happens, then you ha- you decide to run off to the... Oh, gosh. Yes, we are heading down to uh, the final dungeon, which is there's a name for the castle that they uh, they go to. Yeah, and I don't remember it anymore. <laughs> yeah. But basically, you find you find a, a, a representation of the Arce, you know, the, the super fast airship from from FC, FC and SC and dash off to that castle. And it's the biggest split party dungeon ever. Yep, you got oh. 16 characters and they make you split them up into four different parties hope you've been keeping everyone leveled up well that's the funny thing is that you don't have to do that i found that no you don't (laughs) yeah that that worked out okay um basically system uh even if they're out you've got a couple people at super low levels they'll catch up fast yeah Yeah. and the thing is is that the enemies there aren't super difficult and they're the same i thought what was a little bit annoying is like all four of those dungeons were the same enemies like the same three or four yeah they're and... mostly all these angelic type enemies which are super cool design but you fight basically all of them in the same different areas mm-hmm. and there's a lot of ones i remember the the statues that were surrounding the uh treasure chests so if you wanted the certain treasure chest you had to beat up like three or four statues just to get to it not only that and they also introduce an enemy that comes back in cold steel 2 and i hate it or no it's in cold steel 3 but i still hate it um they're mirror enemies one reflects physical the other reflects magic i hope you know which of your characters hit with magic and which of them hit with physical oh my god that those enemies were the bane of my existence because i tend to be more of a physical fighter in these games i don't really mess with the magic at all just because up until uh cold steel 4 i just found it useless and getting against those em- enemies that are only weak to that just oh i hated it so much or like trying to aoe and you're just like oh well i guess a physical one popped in reflect oh no i guess chloe's dead <laughs> and see kelly i had a little bit of the opposite as you um i think the first trails game i played around with magic a little bit but the second one 
I just started finding it completely overpowered. If I could just get somebody to focus on one arts or the other and just basically use every item that I had to boost at least one person in my party, like way up into like the high 2000s um, for the magic arts stats that was great and i had about three of those characters that could do that mm. the problem was when i split into the four groups i did not have somebody set up that well for group number three <laughs> and that that's where like my first group went through it was really great i had like chloe in group one and she was my magic user blazed through everything um group two i can't remember who did it but it was it was super easy. And then I got to group three and it wasn't that they were under leveled. It was also that I didn't have enough good equipment to spread out amongst 16 people. Mm -hmm. There were so many, a lot of those stories, a lot of the doors gave really good stuff like, oh, here's just an item that raises your um, arts like 200 and your arts defense like 400 or something like that or doubles your arts attack by having your arts defense. Which I was like, whatever, I, I I could kill people before they start casting arts on me. I can cancel them. I can impede them. That's not that big a deal. So I'll double my arts attack. Great. But yeah, spreading those items around was a pain in the butt. Yeah, I got, I got, um, when, when I realized what was coming, um, I actually, actually it was even better because I got to that dungeon, the party split. And I realized I don't have the equipment set up for this. So I reset uh -huh. and went and made sure that I bought everything I needed. I made all the quartz I needed and was just like, OK, this, you know, like I actually mapped out who, how the parties were going to be balanced and everything and then went back. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I wish I would have known and for all of you out there, before you fight with your fourth party, the main one that has to have uh, Kevin in it, um, they let you change your equipment around. Yes, they do. Yep. I wish I would have known that. My third party would have been much better off having everything that I stuck on my fourth party because I put the best stuff on my fourth party going into that split because I was like, oh, gosh, I better put my best stuff on there. And then I get to the end and it's like, hey, would you like to change equipment? I was like, are you kidding me? I could have had all this awesome stuff on my first three parties. And well, but, you do find some you do find a ton of new equipment in the yeah. final dungeon that you could yes have i earlier. did i opened every treasure chest and i love how they um base the weapons on who's in your party yes mm -hmm. that's the other great thing is that depending uh depending on who's in that party the chest will have different weapons yep oh I yes a great and crossbow in the, the first messages the messages in the empty treasure chest are back oh yes third third has some absolutely great ones there's like three or four novels because you don't actually pick up novels in the game they stuck them in the treasure chests uh-huh and then there's some and, other ones where they have like a million typos in it because I don't know why. <laughs> because they probably had a string shoestring budget to localize this. Well, no, game. no, I th it, it, it looked it looked badly translated on purpose. Oh, mm -hmm. I got gotcha. what it was. My bad. Um, oh my like gosh, there, there, I, I have like at least 250 screenshots of these things. Yeah, same. Uh, and then what was really fun is that some of the last treasure chests, when you're examining them, it's just like, thanks for sticking it through with us. And, you know, like really, uh, you know, you can do this. Like really uplifting messages from both the localization team and in general. Exactly. Yep. I kept you got it. You made it all the way so here. You can finish this. Yes. <laughs> yep. I mean, all four of those last dungeons, they had a theme going with those treasure chests. And, and one was even something. There was a couple that were like really deep. Like, listen, you've made it through this far with your friends. You can do this. And it doesn't matter how hard it is. You've made it this far. You can win. 
<laughs> but yeah, it was very uplifting. Those last four areas had a definite theme going to the uh, treasure chest ones. And the, the final circle of Phantasma also gives you a total of four pieces of, I don't even remember what metal it was that you can use. Oh, Sumerian ore. Sumerian ore. And you only get four pieces. So you better choose the people you want because you're not getting any more. Oh, that's what New Game Plus is for. Yeah, then you can do New Game Plus. Play it, play it four times, get ultimate weapons for everyone. Oh, God. Or just play it three times because Josette doesn't need anything. I have yet to get an ultimate weapon in any Trails game. I'm uh, 0 for 4. Oof. Out of curiosity, what difficulty did everybody play this on? Normal. 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 I, I'm I... the only scrub. <laughs> no, no, I went with easy. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, there were those fights that I lost and was like retry on easy. So uh, I'll, I'll yeah. say I did about 90% normal, 10% easy. <laughs> I want to say 80, 98% for me because Cassius has to count for 2%. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I think even when I started playing first chapter, that was one of the things I loved would it was that it would just drop in. And back then on the PSP, it would just drop the difficulty whenever you lost a battle and you retried it. It was one of the great things. So that way it kind of felt like you never really, you know, got stuck and lost progress and lost forward momentum. No, always not one of the great things about it. I've not reached one where I've been like, okay, I can't beat this on the easier. Might've taken me three or four, but yeah. I've not had that issue. So oh, I love that. I, Thank you. Falcon. I hit one recently in Cold Steel four that I had to knock down the difficulty like four times before i could beat it but to be fair i think i was way too under leveled for that boss it was like an optional one in a low level area that i didn't realize was that powerful and actually maybe shannon knows this Hmm. does it actually knock down the difficulty four times if you keep setting retry on an easier one i never felt that it got any easier after one yeah it it, it just it it, i know for three and four if you're on normal you can drop it twice i think so it Mm -hmm. would drop their stats to very easy but once it hits that it can't go any lower okay that's what i thought earlier ones i thought kept dropping it by like 10 percent each time but i I can't remember if it capped out at like 60 or 50 i don't remember now i I would have to double check one of the things i do Mm -hmm. really want to do um the geo front who does fantastic work um is currently working on a translation pass for trails to azure which is the second game of Crossspell. Mm-hmm. and once that comes out it was it's either going to be once that comes out or once hajimari is announced which who knows when that's happening um i was going to replay through the whole series again on nightmare oh, <laughs> new game plus oh, wow gluttony because... for punishment well, it's also because like I want to get back to Azure and play it with Geofront's translation because nothing on on Gurdon and Flames translation of it, it's it's fine. But Geofront's translations are incredible. What's that? It, so did you play that with like the Google translated one? Uh, it wasn't Google translated. Someone had actually gone through it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it has a like a larger font than what the Geofront one has, but it was it was mm-hmm. from a guy named Gurdon and Flame edited. Uh, more of it to have uh, to kind of mesh more with uh, the rest of the trail series. Nice. In terms of like uh, um, uh, names and like courts and things like that. And, and it's like it's it's fine. Like there are mistakes in it. Sure. And, you know, sometimes it'd be read a little awkward, but I I got the whole story. I mean, I understood everything that was happening. I know all the major players, you know, mm-hmm. and I played through the whole entire thing and it was fine. Um, but the Geofront translation is pr- going to be on another level. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> playing through with zero, like like going from zero to Azure and and the difference. I was just like, this is still good, but I've been spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we just skirted around this. I think it's time to talk about the final boss. Matt, I, I understand you've had some experiences there. Oh, I fought this final boss, uh, let's see, 72 hours ago? Um, <laughs> maybe 96, 95, 94, and 72 hours ago? Um, yeah, I lost four or five times. Uh, there's a lovely attack that it gets to do, um, I guess it starts charging it up when it's at 25% difficult, uh, 25% hit points, and it can hit everybody for over 30,000 damage. And, you know, we were talking about the level scaling where it makes it easy to catch up in levels. Well, that same thing keeps you from really being able to grind. I mean, it, I think it's level 140, level 142, um, that really you're only getting 100 or 200 experience points. So at, at some point, it's just like, well... Let's go beat the game. This is where the game wants me to be level-wise. Mm-hmm. And these monsters, Falcom, at least in the Trails games, there's a lot of HP sponging going on. Mm-hmm. The three of the... You have to do a final boss rush where you're fighting with these parties right in a row. Um, even though you do the dungeons separately and you may take an hour to go through one dungeon they walk in there's a boss and then fade to black and next year with the next party so at the end you have to do these four parties four bosses in a row and i didn't find the first three very difficult um it was just like oh you have two hundred and fifty thousand hit points and you know the most i can do is like eight nine maybe ten to twelve thousand but still you're chipping away chipping away chipping away um, You'll beat it down eventually. Exactly. Yeah, it, it wasn't it was just a matter of time. I never felt that I was in danger. Um, I always had enough time to heal, always had enough time to impede their actions or whatever. But that last boss starts out feeling that way. And you're just going along trying to do this. They think you might have like 400,000 hit points or maybe in the 300,000s. And then well, it the, just starts. It, it you produces get? all of those. What were they? Uh, oh, it's got the statues around the place. Yeah, the pillars. Is it eight? Eight or nine of them, and each one seven. has an, seven, and each one has an elemental weakness, and and you have to I just, take them all out before you can damage the boss again. Correct. Yeah, it builds a shield up within like the first its first two turns or anything. So yeah, you're you're doing that. You're taking out these elemental shields, which honestly, I just had like time and. Um, Mirage, I think, whole area ones, and enough of them with my two magic people that were pumped way up to do incredible amounts of magic damage. It wasn't really a problem. Um, little bit of Joshua doing his uh, S break because I had him uh, getting CP like for every turn. It was like he was getting five or ten a turn, and so I could just keep using that every little bit. But man, yeah. So suddenly, you know, you're, you're fighting the boss, and it's got half its four hundred thousand down, and it does some other attack and but man that one at 25 percent it there's like a timer going that you're just going to die and i got blown up the first time i was like okay i kind of looked a little bit in faq and it's like oh just have kevin use his uh s break where he protects everybody and gives them all immunity that'll be fine yeah well that doesn't work (laughs) i found that out the hard way it does not make it immune from whatever magical attack because i think it's a magic attack And I mean, I think one person survived it the first time and, you know, suddenly everybody's dead and somebody's hanging on with a thousand hit points. You're not going to last long. I can speak. I can attest to this. It happened to me even on easy. Yeah, Uh, I I was on normal, but, you know, I I had failed two or three times, so I'm sure I was playing on easy or very easy or whatever it gets down to. Um, I'm trying to remember it, which because I played it in August Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember that attack. And, and for some reason, I feel like Riaz couldn't do the impede attack. For, 
or maybe I missed or didn't do it right a couple times because the time I won, she was able to impede once and that gave me enough time to just go like blow everything up. Like I blew every bit in like five or six turns just to get that all the way down. Yeah, maybe um, I had had like an impede gem on her and was actually like was able to table to can because her Kurt because I think she has a craft that can can cancel. She right? does. Yeah. She does. And I, for some reason, I didn't feel like it worked once or twice. And then maybe I set it up better. And I was using a lot of that. What I was doing was just using magic. And like she was casting spells to boost everybody else's arts. Mm. Um, and Kevin was an arts user that I had built all the way up. And gosh, I can't He's even think really of my good arts user. He is. Yeah. He was one of my three or four that carried me through the game with the arts. I'm actually um, trying to I look did... at my screenshots, too, to see if I can figure out who I had. And I had Joshua Reese. And gosh, I can't even think who the fourth one was. But it was somebody else that I had built way up to almost be at um, Kevin's level. So I had... I discovered oh, that... It was uh, Ren. It was Ren. I discovered that Colonel Richard is really strong. Oh, yes. Ah, here we go. Yeah, I used uh, uh, Kevin, Riez, Richard, and Ren. That's what it was. Because Richard can get a million turns off and impede, like, no one's business. And I think that might uh -huh. have been what I had done, is that I kept on, you know, pushing its turns back and pushing its turns back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's what finally did it for me. I was able to just once do it and since I had Ren and Kevin's arts boosted like 50%, they were able to go quick and I they, I had them all sped up too and they were able to go boom, 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 boom and, you know, take off 20,000, 20,000, 20,000. And like I was able to finish it like just with maybe one or two turns before it did its big attack. So, but man, that boss, that that's a pain. That one attack just, you can't survive it. <laughs> I well, felt like I, think... I had buffed up my dudes with the defense stuff and then tried to soak the damage and then use um, Olivier's heal, whatever his heal craft is, to top everybody back off. And that worked okay? Yeah, but well, I was also on easy, so I don't think the, the, the big attack... Well, by the end, I was too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, here's the thing I remember here, because I'm looking at the... Uh screenshots I have of the final battle is that the sides of the freaking arena were falling off. Yes, yes. It kept getting smaller. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at my health, and my health actually looks pretty good. I also have everyone buffed and everything. Um, it, it we were mentioning about some of the treasure chests. Yeah, we were mentioning some of the treasure chests ones. I actually have some screenshots here if anyone is interested in hearing a pair of them. Go ahead. We have, Trails means the world to me. I'm happy I could share my world with you. Thank you for giving this wonderful series a chance. B. <laughs> And I feel blessed to have gotten the chance to work on this series. I feel like it was a lot of luck to get this chance. Yes. Yeah, they gave, they gave everybody, it sounds like, a chest to uh, specifically call. I'm going to pull the one that was like a little, it was like, wow, man, that is really sappy and hits home. Somebody's uh, somebody's not feeling good today. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking through my stuff because I took, gosh, how many screenshots are in here? Four, 142. Oh, <laughs> way more than that for this. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid I got 3,500. <laughs> Yeah, because I took I took pictures of like uh, um, like character introductions, uh, major uh, pictures and things that happen. I also took a picture of a couple of bugs. <laughs> I, I all right, here all, we go. All of my screenshots are on my laptop, so I can't look at them. <laughs> it, here's the one that was right near the end that I was like, OK, this was a little off for the other ones because it was all encouraging and being happy. And this one was like kind of there, kind of not. Your friends will always stand by you. When you're happy, they're happy. And when you're hurt, they'll hurt too. Try to share all your feelings with your friends so you can be happy and cry together. I remember that one, Aww. yeah. <laughs> and then like the one right next to it's like, you got this, you're going to win. 
<laughs> I forgot about uh, this one. I hope I my contents were speedrun worthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I forgot about the amazing picture for the arena. Like it looks like, uh, like it looks like the person who draws um, Fist of the North Star <laughs> through the the background for the arena. Oh, I remember that. That was hilarious. So, I mean, we've been going into the battle system. How do we feel about it? Do we do we like it better than the previous games? Not much Is it has the changed. same? Is it different? Yeah, really not much has changed. The biggest change that ended up happening, and it also happened a little bit in SC, is that instead of just the six major elements, so fire, water, wind, earth, um... Time, and what were the others? No, 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 uh, hang on. They added that. Yeah, those were the ones, those are the three higher elements. Mm-hmm. Time, is, space, on. and mirage were added. Yeah. Uh, okay, hang on. Yeah, they earth, were an SC, Earth, water, right? fire. Oh, okay, there's four. There's four main elements. So it's earth, wind, fire, uh, wind, and then there's time, space, and mirage. And yeah. those actually have um, effects now. They actually like enemies can be weak or strong to time, space, and mirage magic. Plus, it adds more to the AT gauge, which are the bonuses like more Sepith or a heal or anything like that with um, they added vanish which someone yeah, gets hit by fun. it they get removed from battle and they lose all ep uh there's death blow which if you get hit you just pff, gone yep. unless you're immune um and then i'm trying to remember the third one we have it in the notes i'm i'm slowly mixing it up with uh with cold steel's version of it well ru- there was rush and guard and oh yeah guard which makes you know immune, completely immune to attack mm-hmm. um was there guard? It's in our notes. Or rush, <laughs> you know sorry. what? I don't. Like I don't. Rush. I'm not 100. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The one guard. that lets you attack twice. That's right. The rush is there. Yes. Yeah, that lets you attack twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, they 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 added that, but otherwise the battle system is pretty much exactly the same as the other Trails in the Sky games. You're on a grid. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, uh, you have four party members, uh, you have your HP, your MP, and your um, and your CP, which you can use to use crafts and to use S crafts, which are stronger attacks or do different effects. Like You get to Kevin play with Sprails. artsy crafts. Hmm? <laughs> it's an artsy crafty game. Yeah, it's an artsy crafty game. I can't believe I never noticed that before. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it it plays very similarly to the other Trails games, with the exception that... The level cap is much, much, much higher. Oh yeah, you start out at like a hundred or start out at like ninety. Ninety, I, yeah. 90, yeah, I think it 90, is ninety. And by the end of the game, I was in like the one forties. Yeah, like I said, it, you you almost stop getting EXP around 141, 142. I don't think one, I had anybody over one forty two. One thing I also like, um, Sepeth was capped at ninety nine, I think, per battle in both FC and SC. But in third, you can get up to 300 Sepeth per battle, which is yes, thank you when it comes to crafting a lot of the high level cords. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing, too, is that um, there's no towns. There's just the hub, which is Hermit's Garden. And that's what allows you to buy ingredients for recipes, which are still in. Uh, you can buy stuff at the monolith. You can craft quartz. Um, there is a little pond where you can completely restore your CP. That pond was very nice. Yes. So basically, as you're going along through the game, you, um, you you unlock more weapons, you unlock more armor, more quartz to make. And so it's kind of almost mystery dungeon-ish in a way, except it's not randomized. It felt, it felt much more like a dungeon crawler, much more than FC or SC. Oh, yeah, yeah because 
I mean, that's what you're doing. You're going through one dungeon. Yeah, you're like spelunking through this whole place. Mm-hmm. One, and then constantly going back to the hub. Right. twisty, turny dungeon that gets pretty confusing in some areas, especially that one It uh, was very airship. 3D, yes. Oh, God, the airship is... Well, it's funny. I actually was fine in The Glorious because it's the same map as it was in SC, and I explored every bit of it in SC. The problem with The Glorious for me is that Every single corridor looks the same, mm-hmm. so it's very easy to get turned around, and the map, while helpful, can be very confusing, and I think you have to do a very specific list of things in order to get around in that one, and I just was miserable in that dungeon and could not wait to leave it when I got out of there. I, I got so lost. I, I played this pretty close, not as close as Shannon, but it, with at least within the same year, I played uh, SC and this together. And when I realized that was a dungeon again, it was just like, oh, God, no, no, I just <laughs> did least, this like two months in, ago. I did this once. At least in SC, I don't think it's nearly as complicated place. here as it was in second chapter, though. No, no, it wasn't. No, it you're right. I, you're right. I just I get very confused very easily in, in dungeons like that where all the corridors look the same. It also helps that it's not just Estelle going through it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll agree that it was confu- confusing, but uh, once I got a handle on how the map worked in there, I was able to I was able to run with it. Yeah. But other than that, um, the ending does still set up stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. we... Well, the, well, the ending, <laughs> after we get our moment of comic relief by Gilbert finally running out, <laughs> it's just... I think we're forgetting something. Oh, yeah, Gilbert. Gilbert. (laughs) Everybody's walking off into the sunset, going back to the real world one and two at a time. And then it's just left Kevin and Reese and like, hmm, are we forgetting something? (laughs) Wait for me. Well, Joshua, Estelle and Ren were some of the last people left because Ren, they had things to say to each other, but they mostly don't get said yet. Well, they did. They did say a little bit like they did find. They finally had a moment where Estelle and Ren actually got a hug together and Ren was just inconsolable. And then eventually she's just like, well, you're going to have to catch me. And mm-hmm. Estelle's like, yeah, if we can't get you this next time, then I'll admit defeat. And that's yeah, when t- they leave. I take it that that plot thread gets resolved in Crossbell. Uh, as is great many things. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Oh, Crossbell, when are you going to get here? <laughs> well... That being said, a little bit of Kiseki news that uh, I know some people have noticed, but not everyone may have noticed. Uh, Aono Kiseki and Zero no Kiseki, which are Trails to uh, Trails from Zero and Trails to Azure, the two Crossbell games, they got ported to PS4 earlier this year in Japan, and they're called Kai versions, which are basically like completely updated ones. Like for instance, the PS4 versions of Cold Steel 1 and 2 are called Kai. Mm-hmm. Well, they just got listed on Steam a couple of weeks ago. No. So Trails to, Trails from Zero and Trails to Azure Kai are both going to be on Steam sometime next summer, but without English support. Is They're just shipping them onto there, and it is being released internationally just only in Japanese. Hmm. Uh, I think there's a good chance the the PS4 versions will make it over here. I know I that did Kondo see a quote. Yeah. Yep, I did see a quote somewhere like, "You know why we're doing PS4, right?" Yeah. No, Kondo has Not, said that 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 yeah. the reason they did those games is that they want to sell them overseas. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. Which is funny because I already bought them from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> they were on sale. I had some yen. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> and just talking about. P- 
PS4 and hard, hardware, I gotta say that for a ported, well, I guess they did come out on PC, or this game came out on PC first and then got ported to the PSP. Well, yeah, yeah, this game came out first on PC. Xseed took, I mean, this game has had several different iterations. It, it, you know, it was PC, then it was on PSP, then they made the, the very uh, short-lived and defunct Sony initiative to take PSP games and turn them into HD PS3 games. It was one of those. And actually, uh, this version of it with Xseed, they took a lot of the HD art assets that was used in that PS3 release, and they Mm -hmm. put them into these PC releases on the... so that's why they look much better. I mean, XE did a lot of stuff on the back end to re, you know, to change it so that they're actually widescreen. Because when these games came out, I mean, they were still four by three. <laughs> the engine oh, wasn't see. even really designed for widescreen on the PC, so they had to like totally redo the engine to get and it to actually then, display property. Yeah, and even then there is still some errors where like there will be elements that are that are still four three like uh. Like the um, like for instance the mini game the shooting mini game you have the border around it and it doesn't actually um, go all the way across the screen it's actually yeah. like you see the end of it or even like uh, um, there's certain parallel I think I noticed it most in the in the trails games like when they'd be flying with an airship and you'll kind of like see on the side of the screen like yeah. oh that doesn't look right the sky kind of Mm-mm. looks. Yeah, or like up, a, the... up in the tetracyclic uh, towers and or tetracyclic towers and <laughs> SC, like you could see the parallax just end. Yeah, yeah. There's only so much they could do. With yeah, it's only so. It's much pretty amazing. It's amazing what they managed to accomplish, given you know what they were starting with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I was playing this in in big picture mode, and I did have a couple of little graphical errors, particularly on the bottom of the screen. Yeah, me too. but. For the most part, it ran and looked gorgeous and was just given, I mean, the entire series up until this point gives me kind of PS2 vibes anyway. And I just couldn't get enough of the character sprites and just how cool they looked. I mean, it doesn't help that all of Trails in the Sky was built on the same engine that uh, E6 was built on. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Did anybody have any particular favorite mu- music tracks? I really like the main theme of it. Uh, it plays on the title screen. There's that 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 leaf motif. The da 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 ba da 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 da. And they put that in so many different tracks throughout the game. It's one of the few original uh, melodies in the game because they reuse really a lot. And it's such a such a great little little melody that they use for it. I really like that one. Um, I particularly like the the battle theme. I mean, the battle theme in Kaseki games is just always fabulous. And then the, the music at the the party at the beginning that sounds just very baroque. Mm-hmm. It sounded kind of cool. Um, I mean, Falcom sound team just kills it with their soundtrack every single time. Absolutely. And like speaking of the battle theme, you could really tell that this was not this was not your Trails FCSC because instead of the very jazzy kind of battle theme like they were in FC and SC, it was much more rock oriented. The victory music was different, which at that point, I'm just like, okay, yeah, this isn't this is not the same game anymore. I'll chime in again to say that the Hermit's Garden, your your hub base has a very nice theme. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For, for a place that you're going to be spending a lot of time in, it better have a good theme. This isn't going to drive you crazy. Especially if you're going to go read the library, which is which fills out as you go along. It does. And also, if you missed it in the rest of the Sky game, it has the entire Carnelia, which uh, 
may be important. <laughs> all the books are always important. All the books are the always important. <laughs> it, it, sound, it sounds like we've all had a very positive experience with this game. It, it's it's up there for me in terms of the Trails series. It I can it, nitpick it to yeah. do the the fact that it does reuse so many assets from first and second chapter, but that and considering what it's trying to do, that's yeah, that's understandable. And the balance is a little wonky. Like there's so many little things to nitpick about it, but in in terms of like the overall series, it's pretty good. I mean, the whole series is pretty good, but <laughs> including of what course you... the the Gagarv trilogy, which was oh, absolutely. is so well renowned now. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out for Mike. <laughs> my, uh, my one, com- I think if my one had a complaint, it would be that, I, I mean, why anybody would start on the third game is anyone's guess, but this is definitely one that you've got to have context to understand, unless you just skip all the doors and just do Kevin's story, which you're missing out and, on. Like, And even so then much. you'll be going, oh. Oh, it's another character I don't remember. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this person? Yeah, why why are they interacting in this way? I think I think my biggest nitpick is actually the um the game balance because you could be trouncing through the mobs throughout the dungeons and then suddenly it's just like the boss shows up and just pfft, sorry you're just stomped like the very one of the very first bosses the one that had like four different phases or something like that like i got through that one with the skin of my teeth because for some reason it was just brutally hard even on normal when i was doing you know everything was perfectly fine in the uh, uh in the actual dungeon itself let me see uh, the boss that was a trio of spiders and once you kill all three of them their mom comes out Yep, I do remember that one. That was not. Uh, I remember trying to kill one of them in particular because uh, that one had the ability to heal her sisters, which is just always ducky when you when you get that kind of a boss. Well, it, it sounds like that we definitely have a positive experience with this game. I probably literally just said that. Um, I can comfortably say that I enjoyed Trails in the Sky third chapter more than I did. Lunar Dragon Song. <laughs> That's a positive statement for sure. I'll also um, say that Trails in the Third uh, Second Chapter is better than the Portable Land Greaser. <laughs> it may um, even be better than Beyond the Beyond. Oh, those are some spicy words there, my friend. Yeah, I still I, said them and I stand by them. Remember that I qualified <laughs> it with maybe. I did not definitively state. Camelot's got its eyes on you. But in, you know... It, if you would have told me before I played this game that you could skip second chapter and have to play this one, I would have been like, you're full of it. And now I, I'm a believer. I, <laughs> Josh has definitely told me that, yeah, second chapter, while is a decent game, is completely skippable because all of their points kind of get discussed elsewhere. And then this third chapter is the one that you can't miss because of all the bridges. Um, luckily, this game is pretty easily available via Steam and GOG, and it g- goes on sale all the time. I-, I think that I ended up picking it up for like 20 bucks, yeah, give or take. It's usually think- the more expensive of the trio, but um, it does go on sale for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. it's uh, likely because it's the only exclusive one they have on Steam. Not only that, but it's yeah. also the newest of that series. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, normally it's uh, $30 on Steam, but... Yeah, I, I know I got it on a summer sale for 15. I remember it was exactly 50% off uh, two years ago. As a matter of fact, I think when uh, Josh and I were talking about it, I just pulled it up on Steam and it's like, oh, it's on sale right now. I'm just going to grab it. It's like serendipity. 
You could but, say it uh, was Adios's will. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I do think it's Adios's will for us to take a quick break so that we can recharge our batteries and talk about... We're going to change it up the final lap a little bit for this reboot. We're going to talk about our uh, where we were at in our lives when we started playing this game and just kind of memories that we had around it. So stick around, listen to this music break, and we will return. And we're back as Josh's cat has an impatient little episode and is destroying his office, apparently. So um, we're going to wrap this up in a little bit, which we're trying something new. Um, You know, Final App is fun, but because, you know, we we wear a lot of hats on this side, it's getting a little bit repetitive. So instead, we're going to kind of go around the table and just talk about where where we were at in our lives when we was playing this game, kind of our memories of it what it meant to us as people and that kind of thing and normally we would have feedback before we do this but it's been it's been a hot minute since we've had a backtrack you know it's it's been a shitty year i i think that we can all agree on that and that's why we haven't had a show in a while and that's why we're kind of changing things up and hopefully we're gonna have an excellent year in 2020 and we're definitely gonna want your feedback about the new format about the new hosts you can go to rpgamer.com and comment on the show thread itself under back uh, backtrack and um just you know tell us what you think you can uh add us on twitter at rpgamer that, that that's our twitter um we have a facebook page now that's getting regularly updated we have the discord which i don't know if we'll end up doing like a fan backtrack channel on discord we need to talk with anna about that but i we, we want your feedback definitely you can always post um, in the podcast section it does yes. say podcast yep. right you do an right. quest gave up their iron grip on that right <laughs> and you can always leave those five star reviews on itunes Yes. Five star reviews only. One star will hunt you down. Yeah, yeah. Leave all the leave all the feedback you want in iTunes. Just just the five stars. We want that. You know the the one stars. You you can go to Q and A quests. They'll be okay. Email wheels at rpgamer.com. <laughs> as no, as, as uh, Estelle would quite say, you know, oh, a one star. Oh, that's what they say before they ha- see the girl with the big stick. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to start with you, Shannon. Tell, tell us about your tr- trails memories. Um, so I mentioned this earlier. Um, I had decided during JRPG July to do all of Falcom's games, mostly just to ease in trails because, my, it's a library. Um, and so after I finished all of Ease, I decided, okay, now I'll head to trails. Um, once I finally figured out how the gameplay worked and started going through it, I was so attached to the world and the characters and stuff like that. As soon as I finished SC, it was like like 11 o'clock at night, almost midnight, I think, when I finished SC. And I immediately went into third. I immediately decided I am booting this up. I am seeing what's going on here. Um, And I played a little bit of it. And I was like, this is really different. But eventually I was just like, okay, I get this. And just discovering all this 
lore and world building and just the changes to the subtle changes to the way the game played. I had a ton of fun with it. I think I put about uh, 90 hours into it. Uh, it was the longest. I think it was it was the second longest I had spent because SC, I think I took a little bit longer. Um, but, you know, I to put it bluntly, I know lifed it because, you know, what with what with the way the year's been, you know, I I um, I had lost my job in, in March so I had time, you know, I was mm-hmm. I was I was able to be like, this is something that I want to experience and get through because everyone says this is such a great series. And I'm like, you know, let's go ahead and see. And uh, I haven't looked back since because after I finished third, you know, I immediately went into zero from there to Azure to Cold Steel two, three, working on Cold Steel four, you know, just just adoring this world that Falcom is building. Um, yeah, yeah, you picked a good year to, to get a start on the series, that's for sure. I mean, it was mostly also, like, when I saw Cold Steel 4 was coming out, I'm just like, I have a goal. I have a place I want to get to, and I want to get to it by then. So I was like, okay, if I can if I can finish Cold Steel 3 before 4 comes out, I'll be happy. And I managed to do it. I managed to do it two weeks before Cold Steel 4 came out. And I'm like, I did it. And then I got to Cold Steel 4, and I'm just like, man, Act 2 is a drag. <laughs> <laughs> I had trouble slugging through Act One, so that doesn't bode well. Bit. I mean, if it, if it, if it says anything about my my uh, um, attachment to the Trail series, my wallpaper right now is actually um, like a, a motion kind of thing uh, that you uh, is one of the CGs at the end of three of of uh, ogreen tied up in chains with all like the the glowy holding him back and stuff like that so oh that's that's awesome Spo- spoilers by the way oh excuse <laughs> no it's it's fine we that's what we do here is yeah, um, spoil it's, but... fun, it's funny far. because <laughs> it's like i've got trails on one monitor and the other monitor i've got the final fantasy 16 logo so <laughs> oh i can't wait for that game so... as i'm wearing a secret of mana shirt hey we're all rp gamers here it's <laughs> Indeed. Um, Matt, where were you? Um, I'm a little bit right there with Shannon. Um, I had played Trails in the Sky, the first one, I think, back in 2017. Uh, Did Cold Steel in 2018, the first one at least. And then I was like, oh, geez, these are connected. I better you know, get back to playing them in order. And right at the end of 2019, I had a buddy who was like, oh, I can mod your Vita for you so that you can, uh, for the memory stick. I, I didn't, I was sick of using 16 or 32 gigabytes of memory. So he modded it and I bought a 200 gigabyte card and all these games that I'd been buying for, you know, four or five, ten dollars on vita at sales for years and then not being able to download i could download all of them on my vita and then realizing that uh trails in the sky 3 had an evolution version and i could get that now since i had a modded vita despite Mm -hmm. having it on the pc and i didn't have to be linked to my pc at all times and i was like oh i can do the evolution of two as well even though i got the psp version that i bought you know I, i had bought these versions but i was like oh why not since I modded it, whatever, when we play the upgraded versions, since they'll link together and share data or whatever they said they would do. Um, and then just kind of forgot about that. But uh, Scar on our site have made it a mission to get through all the games he hadn't done, much like Shannon, before Cold Steel 4 came out. I think mm-hmm. that was uh, what he put as one of his, what he's going to do this year. And 
I was like, well, you know, maybe I can get at least close to that because I wasn't going to get four on PS4. I knew it would be coming out in Switch because three did and I already had that pre-ordered. And I'm like, you know, so I don't have to do it in 2020. I probably got an extra half a year. So let me try. And then that kind of went by the wayside. You get a couple of review games and you start doing those. And but right about happens and, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Sale goes up and you're like, ooh, golf story. But uh, I was playing. What was the Fire Emblem Persona-like game? Uh, Tokyo Mirage. Mirage. Yep. I I got a free copy of that this spring. And right when I finished that, um, I don't know what it was that made me think Trails. And kind of like what Shannon said, I think the night I finished that, I was like, I got my Vita sitting here next to me. Um, I've just played on the Switch for quite a bit. Let me uh, fire the Vita up. And I went through Trails' second chapter pretty much all of May and did the same thing Shannon did. Like, that night that I beat it, I was like, "Ah, I'm not going to play it. But, of course, five minutes later, I'm playing the third chapter. And I did it kind of episodically over the summer um, because I I was just on vacation and we were gone for a while and things came up, got a game. I mainly went back to it in August when school started. And I was like, holy cow, how am I teaching school in a pandemic in person now all the time? Mm -hmm. And my wife got a job at our school and the kids suddenly went back to school. And I was like, I I just need something that I'm familiar with. I'm not ready for a new game right now. So I went back to Familiar Trails and August, September, um, I was rotating between this, doing a door to a week and then playing something else, but always coming back to this, especially the days where I was like burnt out. And I'm like, I just need something familiar. I don't need to worry about the fighting so much. Let me just get a bunch of lore. Let me let me just read tonight, read myself to sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. So this happened like that. And I got near the end and I got lost, like I said, on the doors, probably early October. And then uh, over Thanksgiving, when we were talking about, oh, this is going to be our next show. I'm like, oh, geez, I better get going with that. And I, I in the past week, I think I've put 10 to 12 hours into it and really powered through the ending. Um this past weekend. So it it was definitely a game that I started because I had a ton of time this year being home a lot. Mm -hmm. And then when it, when I wasn't home a lot, I went back to it because it was familiar. I'd been doing this a lot this year and it was the next one. And I was like, I said, I was going to do this and I'm nowhere near (laughs) catching up before cold steel four gets delivered in February or March or whenever it's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, my cold steel four, but I I, I beat two games in a year. That's, that's more than I can say for other years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so if I, I do two next year, you know, I do Hostile apologize. For the, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I do apologize oh. for the rush job accidentally. No, no, it was that that last boot. Like, okay, so you've been lost. Who cares? Finish it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, J- Josh, what about you? I imagine that you downloaded and played this the second it hit Steam, right? Yeah, yeah. I played all the Sky games right when they came out going all the way back to the original one on the PSP, that in, insanely long, God, it felt like forever, whatever, four and a half year wait for second chapter to come out. And then, yeah, yeah, I played this. It was kind of weird because I was playing, I was right in the middle, because th- this was 2017, so that was an insanely loaded year. That was the Persona 5 year. Mm-hmm. Persona 5 came out, what, like two months before this in March? So I was in the middle of playing Persona 5, and I just dropped it like a bad habit to co- to, to ditch it and come and play Trails 3rd instead. So, 
And knowing you was he was kind of happier for it since you didn't care much for Persona Five. <laughs> I think I was already kind of like souring on Persona Five by that point. I was like, eh, this is this is yeah. I'm ready for yes. real third. Yes, a lifeline. <laughs> yeah, here's a good excuse to leave Persona for a while, and maybe I'll like it better when I come back, and eh, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like having a nice steak and then going back to McDonald's. It happens sometimes. And and, and this is coming coming from someone that likes Persona 5, by the way, even though that backtrack kind of beat me down. Oh, I, I um, still feel bad about that backtrack. No, it's fine. It's fine. Sometimes you need a unique perspective. We'll, we'll see how I feel about 5 when I eventually play Royal. Yeah, Sam's is definitely a unique too. perspective. Um... Mike, what about you? Well, let's see. I played the first chapter 2014, and I remember Mac kind of gifted it to me on Steam as sort of an apology for my having played a certain thing from Idea Factory for a very long time before I eventually oh, no. produced through active will a review for it. Uh, so, what a power Yes, but you know what? Trails in the Sky, first chapter, was more enjoyable than that thing from Idea Factory. Wow. That, that's a bold statement. I know. I don't know if I believe you. Hmm. Well, I don't have a way to convince anybody very easily, so you'll just have to take me at my word, or we can try and go through all the minutiae of the two games and compare... No, double not that. Or we can uh, listen to our Idea Factory episode, talk about a Debbie Downer episode. Matt, we know that you have your secret Nep Nep Steam Review account. Don't. I found you out. So I played first chapter, that was either the spring or the summer of 2014, and I figured, oh, well, I, I'm set now. I'll be second chapter will be coming out anytime. And then, of course, it took over a year before it finally did come on, where it kind of just slipped onto Steam in uh, November 2015, where I found it, and I happened to have a few days off around thanksgiving that year so i took them and just played through it and yeah that was that was a weird time for me so i don't remember a whole lot coherently right now but i did give us a review at the time and then this summer 2020 i just figured you know i've had i've had third chapter for a while whatever was in the air maybe it was all the wildfires downing the western united states this year maybe it was the covid embers flashing around but i finally figured all right it's time for me to see what third chapter is all about. And once I got into it, I stayed hooked for a while. And eventually I will give us another review because it used to be what I did until this year happened. Yeah, you. Well, so, um, sidebar, I finished Banner of the Maid and will be giving us a review for that sooner or later. This One, one of these days. I, I have numerous things I need to review. Well, all right, so uh, there, there was my quick story. Well, and uh, last but not least is me. Speaking of reviews, this was, thus far as of recording, my first and only review for the site. Because I played this in December of last year and kind of finished it up around, I, I had my huge Christmas break at the end of the year and needed something to play. And I was like, you know what, I really need to get it get caught up because Trails of Cold Steel 3 for Switch is coming out and I'm definitely going to want to play through that. So I, I finally got through my i don't know hang up about wanting to play jrpgs on pc because when i'm playing a jrpg i just i gotta be on the couch it for me the pc is for wow and diablo and minecraft and that's that's about it 
So I, I figured out how to hook up my laptop to the TV and play it in uh, big screen mode and just use an Xbox controller um, hooked up to the laptop. And it, it actually works surprisingly well, all things considered, even though technically the game didn't have any controller support. So I kind of had to mess with the settings quite a bit. And it, it took a little bit to get running in full screen mode, but once I did, it was awesome. And it's it's been such a long year that I completely forgot that I even reviewed wrote the review for this game in January of 2020, because I honestly thought it was uh, 2019 when I wrote the review. It's like, nope, it is. It, it's been a bit of a year, but. Um, had a lot of fun with it, and then it was like, you know, I, I've always wanted to take a crack at reviews on the site. I've never done it before. Uh, I can't remember who had previously reviewed it. Or, but Adrian. I, I, yeah, Adrian. So I had asked Alex, and I had asked Anna, and like, how do you feel about me taking a crack at this? And they were like, oh, awesome. And it... Yeah, they're generally not going to say no to more content for the site. Yeah. No, no, I know. I know. Um, it was just one of those things that I, I was very nervous at the time because, you know, I, I'm just the po- podcast person. I don't, wasn't really hired to write, but no, they were more than happy to have it. And I, I have hats off to you guys that do reviews on a regular basis because it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to write in my life. Um, just, you know, trying to keep with the style guide and trying to be objective and (laughs) just, you know, not, not going crazy and trying to, you know, use people in the third person. And it, it was a difficult thing for me. Um, and I, I write for a living, but I write for websites, um, like product reviews or not product reviews, like product pages and stuff. So do, doing this was very different style. Yeah. Very different style. Copy. Copy so, is a very different skill, but I, I did it and I was proud of myself and I've been trying to mean to do more reviews, but I just have not had the time or the energy because 2020 has been a shitty year. Um, I, I I was gonna try and maybe do a review for Odin's Fear Lefthauser because I finished that this year and just have not had a chance to sit down and think about it and I've been roped into other projects like um, a buy or not not a buying guide what would it be called a be a beginner's guide to a game series that I'm help, helping write out and you know that that's just that that's a straight up opinions and that's still taking up a lot of my time. So um, if I ever hear anybody say that reviews are easy, then I'm just going to pimp slap them right through the internet because it's not. I, I believe you need to throw a qualifier in there, Kelly. Doing good reviews. Yes. Yes. If oh, you want oh, to yeah. do, hmm, who was a longtime reader contributor to the site who keeps trying to come back oh, and has a huge quantity of reviews out there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's he who shall not be named. We don't talk about him or that. Well, I, I talk about, I still remember when I did a, a review of Archelad 2 and I gave it a a whopping three and a half out of five. So clearly I loved it without compunction. And he accused me of performing journalistic fellatio. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, luckily I haven't been bobbed by this person because I just checked my review. No, no comments, which is good. I, I gave it a three out of five because I thought, I thought, you know, to me, that's an excellent game, but you know, you could take it or leave it. It's going to depend on your taste that that's, that's what I think a three, 
3.5 out of 5 is. Um, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed Art Glad 2, but it didn't make it into a higher rating because I had some issues with it. Uh, I really remember what they were right. Uh, I still remember there's a being of walking difficulty balance. Whatever. Like, this is from six and a half years ago now. Jeez. Mm-hmm. But yeah, his entire comment was that, oh, I'm so sick of people coming in and praising this game when it's not, when it's really bad. Uh, something to that effect. Because this person had yeah, has not and apparently never will realize that a review is not supposed to completely match up with your opinion. It is the opinion of the writer of the review, not that of someone else. I mean, to me, the only time I ever really take umbrance with reviews is when it's clear that the person who reviewed it isn't a fan of that genre. Um not, not going to name sites, but somebody did something like that with a Yakuza game recently. Uh, th- that's when I have a problem with reviews. But, for, you know, for the most part, you just kind of got to take them with the grain of salt. And, you know, that that, comp- that company that made that game is probably going to be pretty thick-skinned. It's going to be fine, good or bad. Especially if you're a professional video game reviewer, then... You're just going to be piling things on all the time. You won't have the option to pick and choose what you want all the time. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, um, shout out to everybody, every cool person on the site that does reviews on a regular basis because you, you are awesome. And I, I'm sure that it's one of those things that I'll definitely get better the more I do it. I just need, I picked a bad year to try to start this. I think we'll all <laughs> agree with that. Most certainly. But um, that being said, th- thank you all for uh, joining me, uh, me and Matt, as we continue this new journey and to backtrack excellentness, if that's even a word. We will continue the excellence put forth by our four potters. Backtrack excellency. Yes. Um, I know. I, I'm just I, I'm really flattered that uh, Phil, you know, is, is putting Matt and I in the in the driver's seat because you know we, we both have a passion for rpgs just like the the rest of our co- co-hosts and guests and we, we don't want to let it die you know um it's it, it's a baby i've been listening to the show for god knows how long now and it just it it feels good to be in the driver's seat and we're gonna make it awesome go for it yes in, we are indeed <laughs> um, i was trying to quickly look up how how many hours i've spent listening to this uh podcast because uh this is the one i think i'm at like five or six full days worth of episodes i listen to and that's mm-hmm. with like speed up function and everything so my yeah. goodness it's probably like <laughs> eight 160 hours plus that i've listened so yeah, it, and then being on it the past two and a half years and glad to be here with you and mike's doing this more regularly now again yeah, i'm definitely glad to uh to be back guesting i've been on the uh i've been on the backdrop a couple of times in the past and uh you know it's real it's real good that you know we're trying to continue it and I think it's uh, one of the best podcasts on the site. <laughs> it's the best, the it's best podcast. One, definitely. I, I'm, Phil, not, I'm not going to call it the world's number one greatest podcast because that's for someone else. <laughs> and Phil will be back for certain episodes. Just as you yes. can imagine, he's in the hospitality industry. Oh, and yes. 2020 has not been a good year for the hospitality industry. Uh, yeah, very stressful. I, I feel his pain. I feel so bad for him and just hope things get better for him every day because it just sucks. Yeah, it, well, if we can make it through the current surge, which I realize will date this episode, but whatever, we've mentioned 2020 a lot, then maybe the 
maybe the vaccines will do what they're supposed to do. We'll find out one way or another. But at least RPG Backtrack's going to be great. Yep, even if COVID continues to swell throughout the world for the next decade, although we hope that doesn't happen, that would be bad. Yeah. No more doom and gloom positivity. <laughs> it, it's going to be awesome, and um, RP Gamer is awesome. That's who hosts this fine podcast. We are a production of RP Gamer, and we will, we hope to see you in the next episode. Mike, would you like to put us to bed? Well, let's see here. Let's make a prediction for when every Legend of Heroes game will have been either remade by Capcom, by Falcom, or have actually been localized by even unofficial means. So, when do we think that will happen? Write your answers in the form of comments on this episode. Cry for me, Kimino.